My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always, I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 253. It's AEW Full Gear. For the very first time, we watch an AEW paper. Before we get on to that, let's start with the alternate intro. And don't give us none of your aggravation. We had it with your discipline. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get a little action in. Get about as old as a diesel train. Gonna set this dance alight. Because Saturday night's a night I like. Saturday night's all right, all right. And it's all right for fighting. Because we are on Saturday night. And it's AEW. But we were going to focus all about AEW. But then we had some massive news during the week. News that we couldn't not talk about. And Daniel T-shirt tells a story I know people can't say. What was the big news this week? Was it JR fucking up? On uh, Dynamite. No, it wasn't him fucking up with Dynamite. Was it Roman Reigns coming out, but it's not Roman Reigns. It was a man in a dog outfit. <laughs> that, wasn't, that wasn't... It was a huge bit of news story. Oh! WWE 2K getting taken over. <laughs> and having a picture of Chris Benoit as their, as their picture and having AEW. No, it wasn't that, even though that was very, very funny. No, the big news story of the week was, of course, the return of the man we've been waiting for for so long, C.M. Punk. And I know a lot of people, sorry to cut you off, are going to be saying, yeah, but he's signed to Fox Sports, he's not signed to WWE. Yes, and we'll get on to that, because I want to discuss it. He showed up at the end of WWE backstage with Renee Young being the only on-screen talent that actually knew. Video released as well of Punk making his way to the show. How did he get into the uh, arena? Um, He had a purple scarf wrapped around his face. He had his baseball cap on, and he was kind of hidden. He was... He said he was nervous, but it's a good nervous. And, you know, it was a good little story leading up to his uh, like entrance coming in. And Paige, her brilliant line, she's like, is this a rib when his music started playing? But CM Punk comes out and he says, uh, just when you think you've got the answers, I changed the culture. Culture. Yeah. Because well, Piper, Roddy Piper said about changing the the answer to the questions and Punk saying that and people were a little bit confused. But if you look at about where professional wrestling was five years ago with CM Punk leaving and where it is now, you know, when you think about people like Adam Cole and NXT being involved on the main pay-per-view Survivor Series or kind of smaller guys as it was being seen as champions, people like AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Punk kind of opened up the door 
for that. And now you look at how talent's being treated as well with uh, AEW. Apparently, he turned down a lot of money from AEW, which maybe says a couple of things. First, about CM Punk, and second, maybe about you know his thoughts. Maybe AEW is not where he wants it to be, and he can kind of trust the WWE machine as long as Vince McMahon's involved. I know he's had problems with Triple H in the past, but like you said, it is signed to Fox. But there are so many kind of open doors from the past. If you look at the 2K games, which you mentioned as well, you look at Ultimate Warrior uh, making turn in the game, leading to an appearance, you know, the uh, same with Goldberg, same with Sting as well. Uh, and Punk is now back under that WWE tree, even though it is just Fox, he's still there. You well, know? they've even actually put his picture back up on the WWE alum page as well, which, you know, I think... And obviously a lot of people have been going about, oh, look, there's so many dream matches now, CM Punk versus this, CM Punk versus that, CM Punk versus the other, CM Punk coming back at Survivor Series because it's in Chicago, yeah. I mean. Um, AJ Lee coming back as well because that's obviously opened up the door and who AJ Lee could face and... So many things swirling around, but obviously, you know, you've got to kind of take it one step at a time with CM Punk. You know, he's just getting his feet in the water. You know, I would love to see kind of like a backstage segment, like what happened with Daniel Bryan and The Miz, someone berating Punk. Oh, you haven't got it anymore, Punk. You lost it. You had a disastrous UFC career or MMA career. You still don't have what it takes. And then Punk just picks him up, go to sleep. Good night, mate. Well, even that, or just like you said, having the chance to build a storyline, all it takes is that one moment of, like I said, the altercation between someone saying to CM Punk, you know, what are you doing here or what's going on? Or even kind of, you know, cheap shotting him in that way, building towards match. Can W actually tell a story like that now? I'm not 100% sure, but I think they maybe could with it. Uh, it depends what Punk wants to do. If you consider where he was, you know, WWE was dead to him five years ago and how open, and we even said this in interviews earlier this year, he's kind of opened up a lot more towards wrestling again. It has been quite a long time now. And, you know, even if there's a chance for Punk to, like I say, to make an appearance, that's definitely you want to see. But for me, it's huge news because, you know, this is a, a lot different to him hiding, you know, on Twitter or whatever it is and not really saying much and kind of playing the fans to actually being seen. He's only going to be on sporadic uh, appearances on um, W backstage, but it's definitely going to draw people in to watch, especially the first one. Even if it's him just destroying Rusev and Lana and uh, Lashley's storyline, it's something that you want to see, isn't it? You know, absolutely. Yeah. In any form, way, or shape, we can get CM Punk back on WWE <laughs> screens. But do you think he's kind of wasted not going to AEW because he would have been treated like a star? I know they've got. A few stars in the making on All Elite. Like, you know, they've got the uh, the Mox thing that's building up. They've even got Pack thing that's building up as well. But do you think, you know, if CM Punk had have gone down the All Elite route, they would have just fucking said, look, yeah, I, here's, here's yeah. what you want to do. Tell us and we'll do it for you. This is the thing. And, and this is why I still feel at that point it makes WWE look a little bit bigger than AEW right now is because he's chosen to go back to WWE with all the problems. Sometimes it might be going back to the devil that you know rather than the devil that you don't. But he knows WWE is a machine. And if he goes back, not only will he get paid that money, but the kind of the, there's going to be a new release of a DVD coming out soon about his career. There's going to be you know Netflix... Uh, WWE Network thing about Punk as well. There's going to be all these kind of t-shirts and figures and all this kind of... Because all these t-shirts are now are pro wrestling tees which are there on. So obviously WWE Shop are just going to start selling uh, stuff again. So it's just the money. And I'm not saying for Punk it is just the money. But for him, if he wants to go back, then WWE probably his choice in his mind of that's the kind of biggest thing that he could do. Uh, but Punk could have gone anywhere. I just think it's great that he's back. Uh, and at the moment, separation, so it's not... 
straight in. Do you know what I mean? It's not straight in against the match against Seth Rollins or something like that. There's hopefully going to be, see if Punk enjoys himself, see how good he is, and then, like I said, build it from there. There's still a lot of time to go to WrestleMania. But um, at the moment, we, we still don't know if the CM Punk signing was due to the fact of backstage have had awfully low figures since it started. Uh, and maybe this was a case of maybe they weren't going to get punk, but then they realised, well, hang on a minute, because it got in, and it's going to bring the figures in uh, next week. And, and I think that would be interesting to see. But I'm just so happy seeing Punk's back. You know? So do you think this is going to bring more eyes to the Raw and SmackDown product because they think, you know, maybe Punk might turn up here. You know, maybe, oh, well, it's quite close to Chicago. Punk might be there, you know, and people are going to be watching it in the hope that Punk does turn up. Like, you know, with Survivor Series, it's going to be in Punk's hometown. We're going to watch that because yeah. Punk might turn up. He might not, but he might. But just, yeah, exactly. And you can do that in countless of shows. You can survive series, you can just come out to his entrance, come out on stage and wave to everybody and go back. You know, and then imagine his first promo back on Raw or SmackDown when people are, are kind of invested in what he's got to say and how kind of iconic that will be. And then his first match, you've still got these moments that you can do. Uh, and in Punk's mind... If he if he never wrestled again now, then by all, I would be maybe a little bit upset. But I would be like, well, if he's still talking about wrestling weekend, you know, or every every month, then so. But I'll take that, you know. So say if I've gone for surprise returns on my year end predictions of CM Punk, does this count as a surprise return? I think we would put CM Punk down if he was to come back. Yeah, I think. Um, he's back under the W umbrella, even though he's signed for Fox. He's still, if he was so annoyed with it, he wouldn't even be wanting to talk about it, no. you know? And I think this is the thing, and Punk's the right thing. You know, I'm not going to compare him to us as being the voice of the voiceless, but when you've got that WWE machine, there's a few things you can you can either kind of just sell out to it and... Um, and, and just completely go by the wayside, or you can you can either you know try and go against it and fail, or you can do what Punk's done, what we do. And the fact is, WWE is the biggest wrestling company in the world. The fact is, people do watch it and 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 listen to it, and that's what we're going to do. But also, we're going to talk about all the other kind of professional wrestling. And Punk's there; he's not going to toe the company line of being like I thought. He's going to tell it like it is. He's that's not going to. He's not going to be a kayfabe punk. Yeah. He's just going to be Phil Brooks. He's going to tell it as it yeah, is. Yeah, he's going to yeah. say like I thought this was shit. <laughs> yeah. exactly. Which is basically what you want. You don't want a company yes man, as he always absolutely hated, you know, in his pipe bomb speech. Um, When, you know, John Cena's a company yes man, he's not going to do that. And I think that's kind of why WWE have got him back, because, you know, they want someone different. They don't want a Booker T. They don't want, you know, someone who's just going to say, well, yeah, this, this and this. But he's just going to say, tell it how it is. Which is absolutely what you want. But, you know, like I said, he, he, he's still got the reputation of being a guy who's marching to the beat of his own drum. And, and to be able to do that and still be a part of WWE in that way is, is credit to him and the kind of character. CM Punk, I, have a, I can't think of any other wrestler that kind of the mystique has built from him. Maybe Goldberg, when, when WWE first went down until he debuted, who's never been there, or, or, you know, that kind of excitement. But with CM Punk kind of going away, it's kind of added to his career as well. And people look at his career, and maybe he wasn't the greatest wrestler in the world, like he said, but his performances in top matches and the kind of promos and stuff, it's built to a level of like, oh, CM Punk was like fantastic. And now he's back and people are just so happy about it. It's just something that's kind of worked out. Royal Rumble number one spot, eliminating everyone as they come in. You know. Going on to main event WrestleMania. As he always wants. You know, I'd, I'd give him a main event. We talk about who um, the Fiend will, will face at main. What about against CM Punk for the Universal title? Spaff. <laughs> Spaff. 
So, you know, you, you can do it either way. Or confrontation with uh, Brock Lesnar finally getting the win over him, even though WWE will never sacrifice Lesnar. But no, CM Punk is back, and I think it's a, it's a good day in professional wrestling. We don't get many wins, and to have Punk even back in that capacity, well, I will be watching it. Well, it's gone from like a 0% CM Punk return to probably, what, about 40 50%? Yeah, oh, you would say, you know, there's there's so much chance now of him uh, even making an appearance or something like that is going to be really, really special. So uh, it, it's just great times. And a lot of people on social media obviously very, very happy. We we know how I feel about CM Punk and how you feel as well. So it's just a great time. The, the, the podcast is still going while CM Punk has kind of... We, we've had a CM Punk-less ever since we started the podcast. He's not... And to say that feels mental because we've seen a lot of punk and stuff like this, and now he's finally coming back, which is uh, is only a good thing, really, as well. I'm just glad, like you know, we're not 16 years in the future, kind of covering his <laughs> stuff that he'd done when he was there, you know, 10, 16 years ahead of time. Yeah, exactly, you know? yeah. So I'm just glad that we get to enjoy some more. We do spunk. You do. I know you love spunk. So uh, yeah, CM Punk is back now we usually do news and uh, talk about raw smackdown anything like that but we're going to leave it this week and we're going to do our next weekend is huge we've got a live weekend again as we always do and we'll be live on saturday for nxt takeover and of course for survivor series we'll be coming at nine o'clock each night as well and that will give you an hour earlier because we've got so much to cover we're going to cover raw smackdown AEW, and of course nxt as well all the latest news and that is going to be great i cannot wait our live weekends especially with takeover always deliver don't they dan absolutely yeah you know there are highest rated episodes and there's a reason because of that and it is formula one for elephants <laughs> so you know it's uh well we're gonna have that next week we're gonna we're gonna masturbate as well like we do we do have a masturbate maybe a little bit of uh, a little bit of the bubbly a little bit of the bubbly to celebrate and uh and of course you know we're, we're gonna bring you uh, lots of stuff on our live shows but today's show is all about AEW. So like you, Dan, like you said, Dan, break out a little bit. <laughs> well, well, let's get started with Fully Loaded. <laughs> fully Loaded. I can't believe Jay, bless him, he's still stuck <laughs> in his tracks. But he will be trying to commentate for us today. So it is all about AEW. And of course, it is full gear. Uh, and where are we coming from, Dan? We are coming from Baltimore, Maryland, in the United States of Americano. And it is the Royal Farms Arena. So we'll just run through the card quickly because this is what we're going to watch. Uh, we've got a tag team match, Proud and Powerful, Ortiz and Santana versus Young Bucks, Matt Jackson and Nick Jackson. We've got a singles match, Adam Hangman Page versus Pac the Bastard. And another singles match, Joey Janela versus Sean Spears with Tully Blanchett. We've got an AEW World Tag Team title three-way match, SCU, that's Frankie Kazarian and Scorpio Sky going against Private Party, Asaya Cassidy and Mark Quen versus the Lucha Brothers, Pentagon Jr. and Ray Phoenix. We've got the AEW Women's Order Champion versus Emil Sakura. And we've got an AEW World Title match, Chris Jericho with Jake Hager in his corner versus Cody with MJF in his corner. And then our main event will be a Lights Out match with John Moxley versus Kenny Omega. But we will start with the buy-in and Britt Baker versus B Priestley. But we have done predictions. So, Dan, do you want to explain the prediction league for anybody who's never listened to us before? Well, we have got three prediction leagues. We've got the WWE pay-per-view. We've got the NXT pay-per-view. And we've got the bonus pay-per-view. You notice that we don't have an AEW pay-per-view league. But the AEW points for this year, because this is the first AEW pay-per-view that we're going to do predictions on, 
it is going to go on to the bonus prediction league for now and then you know maybe next year we'll start a fourth tier of predictions or just have the WWE and NXT bundled together you know we'll, we'll have a we'll work we'll, we'll have, work we'll have a think about it we'll sort out about the moment it's uh, NXT is a close one it's for all it's make or break for one of us one of us is going to have to win takeover to be outright winners uh, but we'll be focusing on everything of course uh, when it comes to AEW and of course we're excited about bringing the first pay-per-view and we've seen Britt Baker come out here and she's had problems with uh, B Priestley in the past these two women have feuded these past three or four months Many people have said that, you know, AEW are doing a similar kind of countdown thing. But please note that it is in the top left corner, not the bottom right corner. So it's nothing like the WWE product. <laughs> no, nothing at Nothing all. whatsoever This like is it. not kickoff, Dan. This is buying. This is saying right. completely different, you know. Uh, but B Priestley is a great talent. There's no doubt about that. She's been around. We we featured her on the, the world of sport when she's in the UK being this champion. Of course, closely associated with Will Ospreay. There's one thing I've noticed about the All Elite Wrestling Ring as well, is that they've got a lot of space for the edge of the ring apron. I mean, it is really wide. Like, you know, they've got at least twice the amount that WWE have. But I quite like the the set, what we've seen of the set. They've kind of got the gears in motion there, that makes sense. And I don't mind, you know, the security barricade as well, usually. I don't mind that because obviously you've got the advertising of uh, the full gear as well. It's not one that you can walk on, though. It's just like a cloth draped over it as opposed to the WWE one. They've kind of built it out mm. into a proper barricade. When we see the stage as well, that is lifted. It reminds me of WCW as well in a weird way with the kind of stage being big. About the moment Brit has started off with B, they're trying to get hold of each other. And I think there's no doubt that Britt Baker might be the better wrestler. She's looking for that lockjaw to finish it off in the beginning. Yeah, well, you know, there was a bit of, you know, I don't want to say it, but sloppy chain wrestling between the two women there. It's, you know, it could be starting off the card nerves. It could be, you know, this is their first main pay-per-view they've had, you know, since becoming Dynamite. So, you know, there are going to be a few nerves dotted about the place. Yeah, and this is the thing. Uh, AEW is still experiencing the kind of first ever's as well. And like you say, it's the first ever pay-per-view since their kind of main show started. And we're going to see, but we're going to compare and contrast because I've been very high on AEW. And Dan's been trying to bring me back down to earth a little bit. And not, and then he just, like I said, we'll say it like it is. So we're going to compare and contrast the course to WWE and NXT events. But AEW it still looks quite professional, still quite a big uh, arena. It's like it's completely different, if you know what I mean, at no, the moment. No, it time. does. It looks like it is a big company. You know, it's not like an independent promotion. It's. You know, they've got an awful lot of space around uh, the ring area as well, I've noticed. You know, they've got. Again, another 50% more like where the wafer-thin mats are. They've got a bit extra. Yeah, a little bit of, a little bit of concrete. <laughs> a little bit of concrete. Well, B Priestley was wrapping Britt Baker around the ring poster. And I'm sure their um, Bleacher Report are loving this as well. They've got their uh, bit of promotional banner going on. Yeah, they've got long-term social. even got an AEW page now on their thing. And I mean, it's, it's weird to see that because, you know, you think Bleacher Report... I'm not. Uh, what's that? I think Affiliated they've taken. Yeah, with yeah, they've, yeah. Looks like they've taken the AEW side. And I want to say Audrey Edwards. Is that her? Is that the referee in charge at the moment? Aubrey. Aubrey. Uh, I mean, she was a part of the May Young Classic, now part of AEW, and it's always good to see uh, great officials in professional wrestling. And it looks like B Priest now is going to try and wear down Britt Baker. Well, I think Britt looks like a star. You know, the thing about her that kind of makes me think that she's going to be leading the division 
in a, a few months' time. You know, I think she's just got kind of got look of a star. Am I wrong? Is she going to be treated like... I don't know. I think she looks a bit like Emma. But I quite like that about it. I think she might be positioned as kind of like the Charlotte of AEW. She does look a bit like uh, Emma in a way. She just gets kicked in the head by B Priestley. Now Priestley back to submission. And not many women look like B Priestley at this moment in time. Absolutely not, no. She's uh, certainly got her own unique look about her. I think maybe the closest maybe Ruby Riot with less tattoos, but... With no tattoos. <laughs> 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 As now Britt back to her feet, both women trading forearms. You can tell both women strong dislike each other. And of course, we do do predictions. We should say, Dan, who have you gone for? We'll start with you in this one. Who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for Britt Baker. I too have gone Britt Baker in this match. Any reason to go for her? There's a double uh, clothesline there. Lovely there. Um, well, Darby Allen in the crowd, but I just think she's uh, she's more likely the one to be pushed by All Elite at the moment. Now, both women struggling to get to their feet. Going for the shot, but Britt blocking it. Another couple of forearms. Dodges the clothesline now, trying to build some momentum. Nice short clothesline. Another takedown. And it's all about momentum. And Britt wants to be in the AEW Women's Victory Hero, Bree Priestley. Will shoot her up. And suddenly, at least two women's matches. The entire card, one's on the biting. Uh, running near in the corner. Very nicely uh, done by Bree there. A bit of athleticism jumping over Britt. But getting taken out by a swing blade. And a swinging fisherwoman suplex goes in for the cover, but B managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Another thing I quite like, they've added Taz to the commentary team uh, for the um, the buy-in. And I've not heard Taz on commentary since the TNA days. And I think he's a very yeah. underrated commentator, you know. I think he is as well, yeah. You know, he's certainly one that knows the biz. Now B in the corner and Britt now in the back. Going to come running in, but gets caught with a back elbow. Britt runs into the turnbuckle though as B moves. B and Britt. B climbing up. Britt trying to shut her down but getting pushed off the corner. B uh, crouched on top. Britt, wonder what she's looking for there. Climbing up into no woman's land. Superplex from the second. And Britt, Britt holds on. They're rolling through but her back gave out. Couldn't lift her for the second suplex. A cutter. Uh, rolls up for a cover but B turns it round and reverses the pin attempt. Only gets two for both of them. Two. Two. You can see the lower back really hurting Brit at the moment. Oh, and B. Do you think it's wrong to boo B? <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it is. I think she's quite a good heel at the moment. And now we're going to go rip cord. Club. B dodges it. Goes for the German suplex herself. Could have gone for the cover, but still hanging on. Now turns it into a back suplex. And she falls. Take a JR expression. Brit up like an accordion. Goes for the cover, but Britt manages to get the shoulder up at two. Two. And then B Priestley turns it into the rings of Saturn. That's a nice transition. There's no doubt these two women are talented. Britt struggling to get to that bottom right. There's still some distance to cover, but manages to get there. B Priestley's been managing to smother most of Britt's offense, especially later on in this match. Both women might not like each other, but it definitely ordered. Definitely got some respect. I just said order because big order now just came on the screen. Yeah, but. B climbing up to the top and double foot stomp to the back of Britt on the edge of the ring apron. Rolls her back in the ring. Drags her to the middle so she can't use a rope for a break into a cover. Two. No. Kick out. Uh-huh. They are certainly getting a, a good bit of time though, these two women. So, you know, that can be seen as a positive. I think there's one thing about AEW credit or disadvantage that uh, the matches do get. A lot of times, maybe sometimes they don't need it, but I think this one is kind of built at this moment in time. Well, B's got Britt up for an electric chair, or looking for a finish at a Queen's Landing. 
Britt comes out of a ripcord elbow. Canadian Destroyer. One, two, no, just a two count. Two. Well, boy from Muscle Talk, that move as she hit it pretty on spot there. Now Baker's picking her up, trying to finish her off, but B realises. Rolls up Britt, but only gets a two. Two. It's a super kick on B. Fold her up, and now it's got her in a submission position. B realises, though, and puts the leverage down. Rolls her up, but Britt managing to kick out. Oh. Uh-huh. But B gets a super kick for her troubles. Well, she had to release a submission early. Hold of it. Can she put Getting it in? Locked in. Got the lock jaw in as well. B's tapping, and Britt gets the victory there. Well, Britt wins to start us off here on AEW Full Gear. Not a bad way to start. I mean, both women definitely brought it. You can see potential between them as well. I mean, the rivalry continuing. Britt got quite a decisive victory. She might put herself into the AEW women's picture now. But, Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Yeah, it wasn't bad. It started off slightly sloppy. It proved certainly a lot more as it went along. Um, you know, it told a, a pretty good story. And they were certainly given plenty of time to uh, kind of paint a very good picture of these two women's rivalry as well. How would you compare it to kind of uh, WWE-style, NXT-style women's match? I mean, it's quite similar, really, wasn't it? It you know? was, yeah. You know, there's, there's um, this definitely wouldn't have looked out of place in WWE. No doubt. So that is the buy-in. So now we move on to wrestling. And it is the full, full gear. Contains strong language. And of course, we ordered this on ITV box office on our Skybox. So not in no WWE Network nearby. No. So uh, we actually get the full thing without any stopping and <laughs> yeah. pausing and buffering. And what match are you looking forward to the most tonight, do you reckon? Um, I'm looking forward to... Uh... Cody versus Jericho. I'd like to see how that kind of pans out. And uh, the um, Mox versus Omega as well. I think it would be interesting to see exactly what happens here tonight. Can all Elite Wrestling deliver? Uh, after the first match, both get a point each. So it's 1-1 leading into the main show. As got the opening uh, pay-per-view promo. It's just basically setting up all the matches that we've got. Showing you all the Elite. And it's going to be a big night for them to go against the Inner Circle with tonight. And can Cody accomplish his dream or will it turn into a nightmare <coughs> or will he be up in the star will he? dust we talk about uh wwe's move to smackdown about becoming more sports orientated but i definitely feel full gear and aew are leading towards that you know setting out their stall and saying like this is what we've got tonight who can be the best tag team in the division who you know in this kind of grudge match that we got as well it kind of you, you want to see the competition you want to see the two guys you're not really sure who's going to win, that kind of brings uh, an excitement to it. Let's hope they can, really can deliver. And the crowd's got, hopefully going to be hot in this one as well. And Justin Roberts, of course, known for his time in WWE. He's over in AEW now. We're going to start with tag team wrestling. Maybe no better tag team at the moment than the Young Bucks. What are your thoughts on the Young Bucks, Dan, as we see them coming out here? Um, I think they're all right. I think there is a bit too much hype about them. But, you know, they've they certainly are... Good performers, but I don't think they're as great as they've they're made out to be. Who would you say is the best tag team at the moment in wrestling? Oh. I mean, would you say? Because I think the Young Bucks for me are, are pretty high on that list at this moment in time, just because of what they bring. I think the Lucha Bros is going to be on that list for me now as well. Of course, for revival, uh, you know, New Day and the Usos. Not really. I know the New Day are champions at the moment, but I don't know if they're being a top five. I think for me, the Young Bucks have got a lot of stuff against 
lot of spots, you know, super kicks and stuff like this. But I feel they are a great tag team. Of course, we saw them live, what was it now, five, six years ago? Yeah, yeah, it was uh, way back uh, BC before casting. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they they are a good tag team and obviously, you know, they're, they're one that works well together. But I would like to see something between them, like, you know, a Hardy Boys style falling out. Well, that's something we haven't seen. So maybe you think AEW, this is another tag team I think you're more familiar with than I am, and that is uh, Proud and Powerful Santana and Ortiz. Or LAX, as I know them. They was managed by uh, one of your guys, James uh, Conan. Orderly! Indeed, yeah. And they uh, did the business in Impact Wrestling, no doubt. One of the best tag teams there. Multiple-time tag team champions. Lost to the North to uh, finally go to AEW, and they showed up interfering in the Young Bucks match versus the Lucha Bros, the ladder. So, prediction-wise in this one, I have gone for Santana and Ortiz. Dan, who have gone for? I have gone for the Young Bucks. Uh, I've gone Santana and Ortiz just because I think they need the victory in this one. Recently debuting, like I said, the Young Bucks are already on a, a level, and I think it'll be good for Proud and Powerful to reach that as well. What are your reasons for Young Bucks? Um, I don't know. It's because they've been, uh, you know, as of late, they've been dealt quite a... Uh, a shit hands by all of the, you know, even though they're they're part owners or they're you know on the board of whatever it is, whatever position they are. But I think you know they've they was knocked out really early in the tag team tournament. Um, you know they've they've kind of been on the losing side of things as well. So I think you know this is kind of their way of building them back up. Well, the Midnight Express there tag team famous for the for the being in the eighties. Young Bucks showing their respect, and Santana and Ortiz showing their disrespect. Ricky Morton and Robbie Gibson. Well, it's good to see the old guys here, but this is about the new tag teams. And uh, can they start off the pay-per-view with a bang? So Santana's are starting with Nick Jackson. Uh, well, they immediately go after their uh, opposing tag team partners with a quick cheap shot each. And that's a shoving match as they just start going blow for blow. And then uh, Santana and Matt come in from behind. And now it's an all-out brawl between all four guys. And referees kind of lost control. Listen, this is another interesting thing we've been saying is the um, that how long the tag team count goes on as well. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Yeah, the referee, uh, they don't generally have much control. We'll see what happens is Nick tags in. Santana went for the Irish trip. I don't think he realises yet. Well, he does now. He's getting hit by a spear. And the Young Bucks are bringing it early. And Santana Ortiz to the outside. That won't stop the Young Bucks. No, oh, that's their first spot of the night. Both men dual diving over the top rope, taking out Santana and Ortiz. It's about constant movement with the Young Bucks. And Ortiz there grabbing Nick to the outside, trying to send him into barricade, but as a reverse effect. And Santana finds himself in a 2-1 situation. Looking for Ortiz to tag in, but he's down and out at the moment. So Santana alone. Arm drag takeover. You see if the Young Bucks take advantage of this. Matt tags in his brother Nick. They're going up top now, working on the arm. Yeah, it's all, all about the tags. Quick tags now. Now Matt comes down on the arm. Blows Ortiz a kiss. And two teams have got bad blood as well. We spoke about it with uh, B Priestley and Britt Breaker. And Santana now realises he's got to try and get away, get to his corner. Finally, Ortiz is in the corner, but he gets caught with an arm drag takedown. Matt working over the arm. <laughs> that was a nice ball tease. Oh, they're not going to count as a legal tag. The referee's not happy about that. He tagged his boot. Well, according to the referee, it's got to be a hand tag and not to do with boots. Well, so I guess boots must not be allowed. You get blind tags, though. Yeah. 
As again, Nick coming off the top. As Nick and Matt playing ass kisses to the referee, going, look, ref, can you see our tag? Exactly, working on the arm. <laughs> Even though Ortiz was in a bit of trouble, managed to push uh, Matt, but the ref didn't see the tag. And now it's not often that you see Hill tag teams getting screwed over mm. by the ref. This is certainly a, a different change of pace. And maybe the uh, pride and p- powerful pride Santana and Ortiz have come to AW into Young Bucks kind of home and Young Bucks are having the advantage as well and playing off that fact. More of a cocky way than a kind of just rockers face tag team, do you know what I mean? Well, in but that way. putting it in kind of that, in that retrospective, it's kind of like, well, you kind of know that LAX or uh, Proud and Powerful are going to win this now because... Even with the referee going against them, they're going to overcome the odds, aren't they? Well, this is the crazy thing about it. Just see if they can belong. And Santana and Ortiz now. Ortiz had Matt in the uh, Boston Crab. Santana had Nick in the uh, Gory Special. And now it's a double submission. Wow, very impressive by the uh, Ortana, uh, Ortana, Ortiz and Santana. I think there's going to be a lot of that tonight. Because like I said, we're still getting new... Uh, you know, known to AEW. Even though we have been watching it, it's been good stuff. But we must know the names of over like 450 wrestlers. Now, when you count NXT At least UK. 600. Yeah, NXT UK, NXT, all the WWE ones, SmackDown 205. All the stuff from going back in the past as well. Yeah, exactly. All the fucking history WWE, ECW. But now it looks like Santana and Ortiz have turned the odds in their own favour. Yeah, Santana with a nice snap suplex. Goes for the cover, but only a two count. Two. Nick manages to get the shoulder up. Now he finds himself in the wrong part of town. It's not been as spotty as I was expecting this match, but obviously it's still in the early stages, so I suppose as it gets on a bit, there's going to be a few more. I've, I've no doubt that I think the tag team division is one of AEW's strongest things uh, that they've got. Whether they've got the best tag team division is, a, is another argument for another day. But I think the teams that they've got can definitely do a job. We've seen this. And even that with Ortiz, with the kind of arrogant headbutt. It was kind of like the silly salmon. <laughs> yeah. You two teams mean business. As Matt gets pushed off the uh, the ring apron, Ortiz just scratching the back of uh, Matt, Nick. You can see something wild about Ortiz. He's got that look. In his eyes, he's not sure what he's going to do after time. And Santana runs into a big boot by Nick. I think Buddy Murphy would suit AEW quite well, just for the fact of uh, they don't sell injuries for that long. Well, the leg caused Nick a little bit of trouble, managed to land on his feet, but get the tag to his brother, Matt. But like you said, then they kind of moved on to the next sequence, with Matt taking out Odin Fully fresh. Now he's going to go up for the moonsault. No! No, he got dived straight over the ring post. Takes out Ortiz. Turns his attention back to Santana, who's laying prone in the middle of the ring. And still he managed to stay down long enough for uh, Nick to hit, the po- uh, to hit the elbow on him. That was a nice elbow, but only got two. Two. And Matt might have uh, done something with his leg there. You talk about the knee earlier. When you're flying on adrenaline, might not notice it, especially when it means so much. You know, victory for the Young Bucks. A loss for the Young Bucks is huge news. Because like I said, they can't... Just go off their names alone. They have to start going off a few victories. A movie that doesn't work in real life gets sent into Nick Jackson's yeah. foot. Uh, Nick up top. Double foot stomp as he was, uh, as Santana was set up over Matt's knees. Begging for him to get up. Running knee. Swings over the top. Oh! Looking to kick Ortiz <laughs> who moves out of the way and uh, Nick hits nothing but ring post. <laughs> <laughs> 
as Ortiz screams into the camera saying Awful. he's a genius, sweeps the legs out and plants him head first into the mat. It is good seeing the vibe, I'm not going to lie, you know. It is quite enjoyable as the young buck gets sent over the top. Nick went flying and now here comes Matt. Well, Matt gets thrown into the uh, Rock and Roll Express's feet. Oh, now Gibson, Morton aren't happy. They are still wrestling, by the way. They're still wrestling for NWA. <laughs> yep. And there's you carrying a walking stick about. <laughs> well, and again, the referee, this could have been a count out by now. Absolutely, uh, yeah. Know, the referee has taken his sweet ass time. He's even gone out of the ring with both teams fighting. And, and another thing about AEW, we haven't really seen that many screwy finishes yet. We've seen a time limit draw, but you... And if it is referee's discretion, then, you know, maybe something needs to be explained. This referee has not done a good job, and AEW have even made a point to show that. Yeah. <laughs> so... But now, Ortiz and Santana smelling blood. Well, Santana's in there with uh, Nick, I believe. And Nick's got the uh, bad leg. Which they're working over. And they're working over both knees, obviously taking out the high-flying and super-kick side of the Young Bucks' uh, offence. Yeah, most most uh, wrestlers, you know, have got a lot of stuff. For the Young Bucks, that's probably about 75% of everything that they do. So they're in serious trouble. And the uh, the more confident Santana and Ortiz get, the worse it's going to be for the Young Bucks. Again, they see quick tags by them now. Ortiz, to me, looks like he's part of the OI. Yeah, he's family. got a kind of a strange, you know, he's got a crazy look in his eye as well, which I quite like, the kind of monster kind of challenging uh, challenging his uh, inner Omaga, so to speak. Well, Nick fighting off. Both uh, Ortiz and Santana getting caught by him as he jumps off the top, sent into the corner. But even though he's hobbling around on his bad knee, still manages to get his legs up to take out both Santana and Ortiz. In succession, comes charging towards them, but they both go low and uh, are trouble again. The thing I like about them is the visuals as well. They're coming across quite well. You can see Santana and Ortiz actually selling it into a match. I think for me that is as important sometimes as the action that's going on as well. Absolutely. You can see the confidence coming from Ortiz now. I think Ortiz, for me, has been the one that's kind of shone more at this moment in time. Yeah, Ortiz certainly has... Uh, just his visuals, his cockiness, his overall heelness. I'm still not sure about why Ortiz and Santana got screwed by the ref as it should have been the other way round. Hmm. That's still kind of the storyline part. I know it's something different, but... It doesn't make sense. No. And then slaps by Ortiz. And that kind of sent Nick into a fury and a flurry. But Ortiz, I think, went low. Well, I think that was to the uh, to the calf <laughs> muscle. And again, silly salmon flopping to the mat. Well, he got kicked in the face. And you can tell the knee's bad. We talk about selling. He's selling it quite well at the moment. Yeah. Maybe that was a bit too much by Ortiz. But you can see the crowd getting behind Trying to get Matt into the match. Well, it's a Matt tag. gets the tag. So does Santana. Goes for a suplex. Rolls through. Goes for a second. Goes for a third. Rolls through. Catches Ortiz and Santana. Suplexes them both and rolls through. No. Surely you can't. Well, don't call me Shirley, but he manages to do it twice to both members of Proud and Powerful. I think that was about five or six suplexes in a row there. At least seven or eight. As Matt now trying to build momentum, Ortiz rolls to the ramp. And fans shine AE dub. Well, Nick wants to tag back in. I don't know if that's a good idea, but they want to maybe double team finisher. I think even in Matt's face, he doesn't think that's the best idea. Oh, buckle bomb with a kick to the. And now taking his time, and Matt checking on his brother. Looking for the risky business maneuver. Standing moonsault and a splash off the top. Two, 
No, oh. kick out. Uh. And Santana keeps his team in this. He's got a far away look in his eyes. And I think that's the best idea for Nick at the moment to let Matt try and finish this match off now. Well, he gets dragged off the edge of the ring apron as Ortiz makes his way back into the ring to attack Matt, who ducks the uh, Inseguri, catching him with a huge forearm. One for Santana as well. Irish whips Santana into Ortiz, who jumps over, rolls him through into a cutter. Now that was cool. That's the second match and the second cutter we've seen. Yeah, but brilliant double team there by Santana and Ortiz, and three double team moves in a row. Ortiz sacrificing himself to the outside on Nick, and Santana can't put away Matt. Well, this match is a 30-minute time limit. Well, this is an awesome chance. It's been good, and it's building so far. I wouldn't say it's been awesome. But though. it's not awesome. As I say, the uh, All Elite Wrestling crowd are big brown noses. But I think with that chant has been used too much. When is a match that chant is used? And I think... It's lost all meaning. Yeah, it has now. And that started in Impact as well, TNA. Let's not forget about that. As Ortiz now has got Matt on his shoulders. Oh! But Matt manages to turn it around and slam Santana as he was uh, caught up. Rolls up Ortiz. One, two. No. no. Kick out. Uh-huh. Matt with a super kick. The referee, again, these two men been in there. As finally Santana rolls out. As Matt rolls to Nick's corner. I'm sh- sure that's not very wise tagging his brother in. But I think he seems in better condition uh, than Matt is at the moment. And Ortiz just biting the rope. He's <laughs> got caught with a double super kick. I can't believe Ortiz got hit with that. Santana now. Oh! Well, springboard moonsault and he gets caught upside down. Well, bad leg and all. It's still a super kick party. Ortiz is set up on the second rope, I think, commentator. And now what the hell are they going to try and do? Looks like a slice of bread, maybe. Into powerbomb, into the cover. Ortiz got the shoulder up at two. Two. But I don't know if it's a, got the shoulder up or Nick had to roll through because of the bad leg. Uh, Nick's shin still causing him uh, a lot of grief. Tags in his brother, Matt. Saying, look, this is it. This is the end. Oh, no. Now we're getting into the spots and the things. Setting him up for the Meltzer driver. Oh, Nick went to springboard. Couldn't with his bad leg. Is that an actual fuck up or was that? His leg gave out. I think it was plan. It looks like plan. Well, one of the things is we sell young bucks. And now Nick's going to go up top. Matt's got Ortiz on his shoulders. Gets the tag to Santana. Matt nearly gets thrown into Nick. But gets caught with a super kick. One from Santana, one from Ortiz. Now what does Nick do? Does he take the tag in and uh, risk further injury? Or does he leave Matt in there who, despite not being in as good condition, seems a bit more healthy than Nick himself. Well, Nick's got more guts and brains as he tags in to uh, try and help his brother, but one-legged man in an ass-kicking contest isn't going to last. And there's two asses in there he's got a kick. Oh, Nick just spits his gum at Santana. Oh! Starts chewing it. And Santana chewing Jackson's gum. Oh! You sick fuck chant, that is correct. <laughs> he spit the gum at him. And missed from all of two foot. And that's going to drive Nick on. Spinning heel kicks to both Santana and Ortiz. Kick to the heads. And a high kick to the head of uh, Santana as well. Backs up. Gives them both the bird. Comes charging in with a running knee. And this is the man that could barely stand on the top of a ring rope running around the ring here, ladies and gentlemen. Well, he's still struggling, but he manages to have a Corona Ortiz. No, gets cool. Powerbomb. Sits him up into a kick to the heads. One, two... No. 
Ortiz gets shoved into Santana to break the pin up. And again, uh, Santana and Ortiz have been in the ring for a very, very, very long time. Well, this is basically turning into a tornado now. Matt and Santana rather than going back on the apron, going to fight. And Matt there, I think, Mr. Spear on Santana. Hit the ring post, sort of. Well, he definitely got hit with a super kick then. And now Nick's up on Ortiz's shoulders. Uh, blockbuster powerbomb to Frey. Wow, and Santana and Ortiz get the showpiece victory. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? It was a very good match. Um, it wasn't awesome, as the crowd was chanted. Um, the selling side of things, yeah, you know, the shin thing like early on towards the end of the match, I think that kind of played a bit into the finish. But the selling early on and towards the middle of the match, it wasn't great. Um you know, and with the no-control referee, I mean, the same referee that berated them for not getting a tag in, but yet was letting them stay in for 20, 30, 40 seconds at a time. That's a bit questionable mm. as well. I think without doubt, like I said, it didn't really pop, uh, but it was still a very, very solid tag team match. I mean, you compare this tag team match to anything else, and it's probably going to be the best thing on a show uh, elsewhere. But, I mean, it's interesting to think that this didn't go, but... The Young Bucks are still in a bit of trouble. And here comes Sammy Guevara with a camera. Should say points after that, it's 2-1 to me. We're heading to our next match. But at the moment, the Young Bucks are still in serious trouble. Uh, Sammy Guevara making his way down. He's uh, he's going to obviously post it because he's got his camera out. At least he's not using a selfie stick with his camera. Yeah, I, mean, I, know, can... I know how much you dislike selfie sticks. And now the inner circle going to try and destroy the Young Bucks. Well, the Rock and Roll Express are going to come in, and they're <laughs> going to take about half hour to get over the. Uh, I think that's cage. what they're doing now. They're trying to get in. Oh, that's the baseballs in the sock. And this doesn't look good for Nick Jackson. Ah, they finally got over the barricade. Low bridging uh, Sammy Guevara and Santana. Uh, Ortiz, sorry. And Santana's in there, caught between Morton and Matt. Oh, the baseball bat with balls has been used on the outside. Ricky over the top. <laughs> A Canadian assistant destroyer. Fucking hell. <laughs> What's he doing? Suicide no. dive through the ropes. <laughs> They've still used to. Got it. Wow. Rock and Roll Express. Gibson and Morton take out the inner circle. <laughs> nah. What a moment there. Look at that. What? <laughs> he got over it wasn't play. without its uh, faults but he managed to do it yeah <laughs> and then the suicide dive so the young bucks get a little bit of revenge on the rock and roll express known in this area get their moment and I don't know that's not too bad to be fair I don't mind that the ending was uh, quite entertaining <laughs> I suppose so we get JR and Excalibur on commentary and they tell us that Tony Schiavone is not here because he's on the other business. It's just those two and they run down the rest of the card and leading to our next match, which is Pack slash Neville going against Adam Page. Now, I've had a lot of problems with the hangman Adam Page recently, but before we get on to that, anything else, prediction-wise, uh, Dan, it's your go. Who have you gone for in this match? I have gone for the bastard Pack, And I have gone for in this one... Adam, Dan, why have you gone Pack for? I think he's on. Um, Pack is on a, a on a good roll, and uh, you know he's certainly someone that the company is building to be a, a legitimate threat 
for the uh, AEW Championship. I completely agree. I think Pac's on his way up. I mean, he has got world title uh, credentials. You know, just he's kind of looking at character. I truly believe if Pac can stay injury-free the next two to three years, he will become one of the best wrestlers on the planet. I think it's a great time, especially for British wrestling, with someone like Pete Dunne, and then you've got someone like Pac as well, who completely different, but just shows you the kind of style that brings. It, it just, I can't say too many good things about Pac. He just, he just look, he looks like a star as well. You know, we talked about, I talked about earlier with Britt Baker. With someone like Pac, I could definitely see. With Adam Page, I'm just, to take a word from you, Dan, meh. I'm just, you know what I mean. I'm just. I oh, know what you mean. Yeah. So why have you gone for him? I've gone for him is because he he came up short against Chris Jericho at the last pay per view, and he came up short against Pack as well. And I think a victory over Pack here, even though Pack is on the the you know the trajectory forward, I think Page needs a victory just to um kind of level it here, show him that he's not kind of you know if he goes from two losses, where does he go from here? You know, I think. People might get behind, maybe because he's a cowboy type of gimmick that I can't get behind. But even his kind of look, it's it's very generic. It's like Ziggler let himself go a little bit, you know. I don't want to have a go at him, but or like an Adam Cole ripoff. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. That kind of there's nothing that I've seen from him that I'm going, oh, that's that's different. Yeah, I mean, Pack. Do you think like you know, it's it's a bit annoying that he's uh, he's kind of I know it happened in Two Hundred Five Live, but he's kind of fallen into that generic British heel kind of category as opposed to, you know, person. Yeah, I think I think the bastard gimmick can can work really well for him and he's protected himself so well. He's only lost uh once, I think, since he's held the uh, the Dragon Gate championship, took that really seriously the past couple of years. Uh but AEW gotta be careful because you know, Pac wants to be the best in the business, and there's no doubt he's definitely got the tools and the potential. And it's just if, you know, WWE had nowhere near what AEW does. The problem is, Pac works well as a heel, but you've got someone who I who I feel is, is a little bit better at this moment, you know? Um, certainly, with uh, with his talking, yeah. Chris Jericho, we've always, always admired him on the mic, you know, whether he's a face, whether he's a heel, you know, whatever he's doing, he can turn it into magic. Maybe his ring work's kind of slow down as of late you know he has been in the biz what over 20 years now and uh you know don't don't get me wrong you know he's not one that you could compare to like coke hogan 20 years into his game you know he certainly is a lot better than him yeah. but he's not you know he's not the the jericho that we've seen you know, like, you know going back 10 15 even 20 years and hangman page will know him uh, will know jerk and well you know more than anybody else will in AEW coming up so short and becoming the first champion and, and getting it there and he, he's definitely brought it to pack in the early going as well the huge suicide of the outside send pack barricade and maybe that is one thing to talk about british wrestling lacking a little bit is a bit of personality no offense to pack but it's very kind of sour demeanor and, and type of just wanting to be the best and I'd hate to say even someone like Pete Dunne, you know, it's a bit like that, maybe to work on the character a little bit more, a uh, bit more promo-wise. It's something that can truly, you know, because we want to see a British heavyweight champion. There's no doubt, especially AEW now, I think there's more chance maybe Pat becoming it sooner rather than Drew. later. <laughs> well, exactly. Someone like Drew McIntyre as well, who just, imagine if Drew McIntyre was in AEW at this oh, moment in time. Absolutely, be, yeah. Be treated as a kind of monster, you know. But, you know, looking through, do you think... There are too many hills that want to be top level in AEW. I mean, you know, you've got Pac, you've got Mox, you've got um, Jericho, you've got Sean Spears, you know. 
I think when you, could, you when you consider it like that, I think yeah, I think Sean Spears has got a lot a long way to go. He's got a long way to go, but I think they're they're kind of sprinkling in far too many hills. Yeah, and you know that's not going on a awesome Kong. She's in a hill kind of thing. She's got uh, Brandy Rhodes in her corner as well. Um, you know, it's, it's... they're going to try and have to build baby faces, and, and this is a problem. That we think back in the 70s and 80s, it was easy to build a face. You know, you just be a guy who was smiling, and, you know, kissing babies and all yeah. that kind of stuff, winning matches, fans get behind him. And now when WWE wants to go for the guy, someone like Roman Reigns or Rollins, crowd turn against him. And maybe someone like Adam Page. But I think, you know, 60% with, you know, you've got Cody Rhodes who's a face, you've got the Young Bucks who's a face, you've got Omega who's a face, but 60% of their admiration is because they're the creators of AEW. Yeah, yeah. Well, what about someone like Moxley then, trying to go through him and trying to change his uh, attitude a little bit, trying to be like a tweener, you know what I mean? Not be like a straight-out bad guy, not be a straight-out face, someone that can ride that line, so to speak. But then, you know, he'd, he'd be accused of being a Stone Cold-esque type character, you know, someone who comes down, he rides on his own, he's, you know, he does things without a care in the world you know he he's going against management he's going against anyone really um you know i kind of think that that's gonna hamper him and hold him back if he gets compared to previous greats if you know what i mean i think this is the thing he wouldn't be the first of who you are and i think that is difficult especially when people look so fun back on that era as you know so kind of stuff we still do as well uh but you know the, the thing is there's no doubt that in AEW they get told like I said you're going to have time you're going to have time to go out there and deliver the best match you can don't worry about the main event you know they've obviously said to pack a page but just bring it here tonight and then we'll have to follow that and I think that breeds better wrestling and competition between them than saying you can't hit a couple of spots because yeah. of that's what we want to do in the main yeah. event you're you going know? to have to rush through this you know and then like when it gets to kind of like someone like Sean Spears or the SEU match saying right well you've only got 15 minutes as opposed to the 20, 25 that we had previously arranged for you. So you're going to have to cut this bit out. You're going to have to do this quicker. You're going to have to get to that point. It is good that, you know, they can just go at their own pace. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a bloated card. Even those eight matches on one on the one on the uh, the, the buy-in, feels like each match should have its own time. And there's a reason for it. Uh, you know, no match has just been put on here. You know, just because there's there's a story to it, which it says a lot about wrestling. You know, especially with WWE or WCW back in the day. But do you not think like you know with this it could be they should have been taking a page out of NXT's book you know having five matches maximum on it and you know just kind of letting them have their time as opposed to having these matches because you know another thing that is with AEW is that they don't have any shock quick upsets you know matches that have done in a minute or two you know they haven't got either that kind of dominant or you know, they haven't had that kind of shock yeah. match. The, and that's a great point, because the thing is, we bitch and moan about pay-per-views being three and a half hours long, four hours long. And if AEW have eight matches that are all 20 minutes, then therein lies the problem as well. It's They need to work it out. You know, their last pay-per-view was, for me, a bit too long. That's what the issues out. I don't think five matches, maybe, you know, six or seven. Uh, and I would like to see, you know, a bit more uh, variety as well. We've seen quite a lot of single male matches at the moment in time. And hopefully as AEW kind of expands, we we see it a little bit different as well. Because that's what you see on most shows, you know what I mean? Like like Pack versus Page, even though it's a good match, it's not a surprise to see two male wrestlers fighting on a pay-per-view in this way. Whereas maybe you could have changed it up a little bit as well. well and it, ha- you know, either a six-man tag or a triple threat match or... Yeah. 
you know, or something. Or intergender, something that we don't really see that, yeah. or, or, or done to that, done that well. You know, it's it's kind of like if AEW want to be different, then to do a four-hour show when it's mostly kind of single matches, it's it's not gonna. They, they can always change it up. That's why I quite like Dynamite at the moment because the amount of kind of tag team wrestling that's on. Uh, and it just feels a little bit different, you know. There's variety in it. You know, really. but going that back to uh, NXT, you know, they're doing their... Because NXT, you know, one week it's the women, one week it's the tag, one week it's the mid-card, one week it's the heavyweight, you know. So, you know, and it varies between them four as opposed to on the main roster. It's right, you've got your big storylines. You've got your Lana Lashley, Rusev storyline. Right, that's getting predominance. You've got your Corbin, uh, Roman Reigns storyline. Right, that's getting predominance. And everything else is kind of sprinkled in around that. Uh, and that's the problem because NXT going live, they've started having to do that kind of role as well of reminding everybody each week what's going on rather than giving it a little bit of time. And I think that's what might help AEW having time to build up towards the pay-per-view as well. And I think that's what makes TakeOver, takeover is a little bit more special is you've got time to build towards it. And we're arguing next week if take, for me, TakeOver doesn't feel as exciting as it has in, in recent times. But that's something we'll discuss, of course, on the live shows. But I, I feel that's kind of been taken away of the fact that you know, with the NXT roster, they're kind of building towards... But they're also trying to build towards TakeOver yeah. as well. So they've got, like... You know, the NXT stars are going to be busy over the two nights, whereas if War Games had happened, kind of like, you know, in a in an interval-type place where, you know, there was no big WWE yeah, pay-per-view, yeah, yeah. September, it probably October, would have been yeah. built a lot better. I think we're out of doubt. I think this is a the problem. They're trying to shoehorn it in. And, uh, you know, there's no doubt it will be uh, successful, but it's good that there's, there's other things here. You know, another paper that NWA paper in December as well, which would be quite interesting to see what's going on. This match has been good between Paige and Pac. Pac's been in control the majority of it. Paige just trying to make a little bit of a comeback. Yeah, well, he gets caught with a pump kick, but then hits a power bomb or spine buster on Pac. Goes for a cover, but only getting a two count. Two. You can tell. I think the crowd's pacing themselves a little bit as well. Not kind of fully getting into this match, just taking their time. And one thing I've noticed with AEW, they haven't got a generic big guy. You know, a big monster, you know, yeah. like Strowman, like a big show, like a Kane, like an Undertaker. They're all medium built, you know, as opposed yeah. to someone who sounds like seven foot tall, weighs just over 300 pounds, you know, a monster dominator type. Yeah, no, like I say, it was all very kind of similar at the moment in AEW. He said that Cody or Mox or Jericho, even with these guys, be the same weight division as Slams Neville down on the apron. Look how thick those legs are. Hangman's going up top as Pax prone. Hits a moonsault, lands on his feet. It's quite impressive from the uh, hangman. Yeah, by Page. The crowd's definitely still behind him in this one as well. But, you know, Pac's quite good at not being likeable at all. Yeah. <laughs> it's a boot to the face. Can you imagine, though, the hangman going up against someone like David Benoit? <laughs> well, Page could put Pac down. Well, you've got Adam Page... Teaming up with Diamond Dallas Page, being managed by Page. That would actually work. Yeah, I like that. Call themselves a free P. And Pac could team up with X-Pac. And Pac there, making sure he avoided the buckshot lariat. Again, still got to get used to these moves. And Pac's on the outside. Do you think he's playing Possum, Dan? Hello, Possums! <laughs> I don't know. He seems legitimately injured, but uh, Pac does like to lull people in into a full sense of security. And he is a bastard, James. He is a bastard. You bastard. And ah. the bastard was just taking a rest as he brain buster suplexes Paige onto a chair and no disqualification. Well, I don't know. This is another thing. Again, that is a pretty sick move, but the reaction it got, was it worth the risk? 
He could Absolutely have, not. No. You know what I mean? Like even with the Omega and uh, Moxley thing with the glass table and stuff, like, and and Cody Rose punching the glass, it just felt a bit unnecessary. Yeah. You just throw him into the barricade, you know? Don't. And now, even though Pac's been outside for over twenty seconds, he's urging the referee to count Hangman Adam Page out. Yeah. Who's up to five? Well, I think also there's a lot of bald officials in AEW. I mean. Yes. That's the second one tonight. Obviously, I'm not counting um, Aubrey Edwards and Paige struggling to get in. The referee was up to six, like about seven seconds ago. Look at the markings on Paige's back as well, where he landed. Pat's got a few welts himself, and he's not happy. And this is just a standard match. What's he going to get like, later with the lights are out? Seated drop kick to Paige. Goes for a cover. One, two, no. no. Adam Page managing to kick out. Oh, fucking hell. That was worth it, was it, having that along your back? As Pac now seems in complete control as Page is on his knees. And the hangman's getting hung. Kicks across the chest. And Pac kicking Page, and Page saying, actually, yeah, bring it. In the chest, and Pac gets the better of Page. The crowd certainly aren't liking this. Is there any point that the referee can stop this? It might have caused internal bleeding. That's where you don't want to be bleeding on the inside. Pac with a step up into Guri. Just a complete control of Page. Pack runs up to the top turnbuckle. Can he spell it? Is he going to go for Black Widow? Or am I, uh, oh, Black Arrow. Black Arrow. Arrow. But Page managing to get up just in time to crutch Pack on the top rope. And now Page going up top with Neville. It is nice hearing JR on a pay-per-view though, even though he's not making any sense. Oh! Well, he throws Pack halfway across the ring. Yeah, a huge fall away slam. And Neville must have gone at least three quarters across the ring. At least seven-eighths across the ring. And it looked like he was thrown out of a moving auto-vehicle. It's like Pac was a javelin and the ring mat was a javelin catcher. Well, you could cut the atmosphere in here with a knife. Oh, Pac! Pac's looking for the buckshot lariat. Gets caught with a kick from Pac, who hits him with a snap German suplex as Page was kind of uh, getting himself worked up. But catches Pac with a pop-up powerbomb. Well, the action coming thick and fast in this one. Page looking for the dead eye, but Pack managing to knee the shoulder of Page. Getting out. He's in the same manoeuvre he put Kenny Omega to sleep with. He's in the brutaliser, but on a on a vertical position. Now look at Pack. <laughs> his, his veins popping as he applies the pressure. And Page's head turning purple. Well, Page has dropped down to a knee. And this gets down back into it as well. But Page managing to fall and have his arm draped over the rope. I don't know how much more he's got left to give in this match. Well, Page is nearly broken and beaten. Well, Pack looks like he's going up top for the Black Arrow. And Pack is so dangerous, and here he comes. No, Page moving out the way. Pack hitting nothing but the mat. And now Page sees his shot. Back shot? No. Standing switch with Pack. Oh, never. Uh, Pack went for the low blow. Page caught him. That's how he ended the last match between the two. Discus Lariat followed up by a discus clothesline. Now, Pack's in a lot of trouble now. Hit the dead eye into a cover. One, two, three. And Page beats Pack in this one. In a great encounter between the two, Page gets his redemption. But Pack showing what a true star he was as well. I mean, the match never probably went into fifth gear between the two, but you can see the chemistry now and uh, how they've, they've fared with each other. There's kind of unnecessary bumps in it. But I think it's worthwhile. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match? Yeah, you know, it wasn't a terrible match. It was a good bit of back and forth. Again, you know, I know what you're saying about Paige. There's nothing 
overly special that stands out about him. You know, he is just meh. Um, yeah. You know, he's not a likeable character. He's not someone that, you know, you can see a lot of fans getting on board with. You know, he's just someone who's part of a stable but could get lost in the stable easily. And I think that's the problem. He's did nothing in this match to show me anything different. You know, anybody could be in this match. I mean, the moonsault for top was quite impressive and uh, the story being told of catching a low blow after he didn't last time. But I think Pat comes across as a bigger star in this one. That means it's 3-1 now on prediction-wise as well as you head into the next one. But Paige gets his redemption. Hello, my name is Elias. <laughs> no, it's not. It's it, the chairman. The chairman of AEW, Sean Spears, flanked by Tully Blanchett. And he's had problems with Joey Janela recently. The former Ty Dillinger has got 3-2 and two overall record. So at the moment, he's not the perfect 10. No more. So here we go. We're seeing Sean Spears and the former Ty Dillinger, a guy I was a huge fan of in WWE and, of course, NXT. And, um, you know, we even popped when he was in the Royal Rumble at that time. They dropped the ball with the Ty Dillinger character, didn't they, you know? Absolutely, yeah. There is, uh, there's so much more they could have done with it. I'm not too sure on... The chairman, Ty Dillinger. I mean, like, you know, he came down, cracked Cody Rose over the head with a chair, and it's kind of not gone anywhere since there no. with that storyline. So they've kind of halted that, and now he's going against bad boy Joey Janela. Well, Cody got a victory over uh, Sean Spears, and that kind of ended his look as we talk about a main event. I mean, we talk about a lot of guys in the mid card at the moment, and Sean Spears is a guy that, I don't know, Ty Dillinger had something about him. Sean Spears, serious Sean Spears. I'm not sure what they can do. Talking about the bad boy, Joe Janela, more known as a kind of hardcore wrestler, has been involved in a few battles, uh, most famously at Fighter Fest for John Moxley in a huge fight, and, of course, Kenny Omega a couple of times recently. Um, again... Can I just say, his look and his entrance, he looks like a complete cunt. Yay! Got <laughs> so we might have the first one that thinks it's just a complete arsehole. Joe Janela, I mean, I've not really seen much. We, he did wrestle a good match with Omega, but most people can. So this is going to be different. And I'm surprised this wasn't on the buy-in instead of um, Britt Baker versus B Priestley. Well, you know, he does look like... He looks like someone that could fucking team up with Matt Rich. Well, he said he's a bad, bad boy, so we're well, going to see. someone who calls themselves the bad boy generally isn't bad, and them stupid backwards roles, he just... I'm just not even going to go on in one, because it's just going to put me in a downer for this whole match. Well, Sean Spears hasn't got the fucking best, you know, talk about looks, bright purple trousers. Oh, he is being a bad boy, going after his opponent before the bell. Well, <laughs> there we go, and... We talk about um, Spears with the T-shirt, no more garbage wrestling. What do you think that refers to? He doesn't like hardcore wrestling and style. Janela does. He's trying to stop it. Is that his kind of new thing? Now, we need a direction as the shirt gets ripped off his front. So, uh, Joey Janela must have taken a bit of offence to uh, Sean Spears' shirt because he has ripped it straight off of him. Um, anyone that refers to himself, the bad boy. You oh. know, it's like, I think that's kind of gone now, you know, the nature boy. The, uh, you know, Mr. Wonderful, you know, it's it's kind of that kind of thing has gone and it's either a creative name or your actual name. Yeah, no, I think that's fair enough. And this is going to be interesting to see if they can uh, keep the crowd into this one as well. It's kind of the most filler match that we've had of all of them, so to speak. Even though it is good to see Sean Spears and 
Tully's got in uh, Janela's way a couple of times, and he got in the way that time as well. Janela comes charging off, but gets caught by uh, Spears into a scoop slam off the edge of the ring apron onto the wafer thin mats. And how thin are those mats, there? They are technically thinner than the WWE wafer thin mats. They're you know they're they're micro millimeters thick. Wow. You know, of pure concrete. Even when, you know, not all of it reaches the pure concrete either, you know. It is some areas just outside the mats is just pure concrete. And Spears now brings Janela in and wants to seize his opportunity, wants to get a victory, kind of build himself up in AEW. So, prediction-wise, James, who have you gone for in this matchup? I have gone for Sean Spears. Dan, who have you gone for? I too have gone for the chairman. I, I, I don't, I'm not a huge fan of Janela. Spears needs a victory. To kind of say build himself back up, he's kind of got a little bit flat, you know. When he first arrived, it was a little bit exciting, and then it's you, you know, I don't know with Sean Spears, it's Blanchett as well. Is it something that could possibly work? Maybe. Well, as, as you know, as I'm saying with uh, Sean Spears, there's like three, four hills that would rank above him in personality and talent. So you know, it's you're never going to be able to. Uh, have the trigger pulled on you unless you know you either do something drastic or you change up yourself and both men exchanging chops and spears sends Janela flying into the turnbuckle Spears rolls to the outside and is that shirt stealer and ever since you mentioned about the apron having more I've seen so many moves on the uh, the apron and I just saw another one with Spears sending Janela into it it's obviously something that they uh, want to do and yes another bald referee El Hebner now has no hair well, if he does, I'm not. Caught, I'm sorry, but he wonder if you're going to see Shirt Stealer in the uh, the main event or the uh, AEW title match. Well, he's got to be at least 87 now. He's 94. Oh, Hebner has been around for decades. I can't take my eyes off Oh, Hebner now. I was just staring at him for a little bit. He's doing a little jig. <laughs> and Sean Spears sends Jenna to the outside, and I guess this match is showing that Spears is better than Janela. It's Janela trying to show his toughness that he can hang with Sean Spears. Uh, I'm I'm not sure which either guy's momentum, uh, you know, motivation is in this match, but there seems to be a lot of throwing him outside the ring and mm. doing a few spots out there type in this match. Oh. He just threw him out of the ring <laughs> to go outside and throw him back. You know, I'm all for one for uh, rest holds and that, but that's just well, it makes silly. makes me think that Spears just wants to teach Jelena a lesson. It's the quietest the crowd has been, and now he's taken off the turnbuckle pad, or the the, the protector behind it. He's in the tag rope. Oh, he's, you're right. He's using the tag rope, tied Janela's hair to that top turnbuckle. Referee on the spears, and now Janela trying to get out. Got the big boots. <laughs> Janela's just trying to pull his hair out, and again trying to fight in his hair there. A lot of it gets left in a tag rope, but he is free now. Jelena's crazy, but Spears sees him coming in with a drop kick. Catches him, puts him in a uh, scorpion deathlock or a uh, sharpshooter, as it will. Well, Earl Hebner knows about the sharpshooter well. Oh, and Janela, even though they managed to get to that bottom rope. Like, I'm bored of this match now. I mean, it was all right. And now Janela, uh, hopefully this is Janela's comeback. Well, Janela does hit a super kick straight on the jaw of uh, Sean Spears. This is the first match that I've been like, yeah. It's two WWE as well, in a way. Spears kind of, he's been in that system for so long. Both men training. Janela maybe getting the better of it. His forearms backing Spears up into the corner. Bouncing, him he- bouncing his head off the turnbuckle. Huge right hand. Now he's uh, stomping a mud hole and walking it dry. You can see the hair dangling from the uh, 
ag rope of Janella's and now he comes running in with a knee. A running niece. One more. No one cares, Janella. He's uh, not in the best shape either, like. No, he does look like. He's got a little bit of a pot belly as Janella goes up. Well, Spears asking for a timeout, but Janella comes straight off the top of a toe pace with a human slinky. And now Janella's trying to take advantage, shows, throws Spears in, goes up top. Spears runs up the top rope, drags him, just throws him off to, no, just a two count. Two. And Spears getting frustrated, and Blanchett's been very quiet at ringside. Oh, roll up by Janella. No. He sidesteps Spears, throws him to the outside. Diving through the ropes for another spot on the outside. Throws him back in the ring. Boot to the jaw. Kick to the chest. One to the back of the head. Coming close on to the back. Drop spears. Suplex. It's just basic fucking offense. A close on a suplex. Still can't get the job done. Spears managing to kick out. Oh. Well, Janela looking to do some running, but gets his leg caught by spears. Now Janela grabbing the arm, stomping on the head of spears. Now Tully's getting up on in the corner. Well, Janela takes his after ball, and Spears now going to try and run up the ropes again. No, just clutches him. Now Spears picking up Janela, dropping him down that top turnbuckle. And Janela's kind of hanging over the top rope. Drops down. But what's the point, though? Why did Tully need to come on the apron for him to expose the turnbuckle if he was already in control? Why don't you just bring him in, put your finisher on him? And now a turnbuckle comes off. There you go. An assisted pile driver on the outside with Tully Blanchard. Pushing the legs of the bad boy down. Spears throws him back in the ring. No, oh, Janela's dead weight. Spears picks him up. The C4, 2, 3. Well, that was disappointing. Well, not only is Joey Janela the bad boy, he's also the bad wrestler. Not a huge fan of that match. I didn't like Janela. I don't like his look. Sean Spears, he bought a little saint, but again, is he just become... A generic bad guy now. I mean, it was quite... But again, it was unneeded because he was already in control. So, again, didn't make much sense. Um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that, mate? Meh. It was... Um, it's, of the whole card so far, the worst. Um, as you said, you know, it was just a generic wrestling match. There was nothing untowards. You know, there was nothing good about it. Tully Blanchard, he's kind of taken away from those to uh, bring in anything to it. Uh, I, you know, I don't know what either of their motivation is in the company either. You know, what do they want? What are they here for? You know, what are they trying to do? It's, it was just nothing. Yeah, it was a bit of a mismatch there and uh mishit for AEW. And hopefully they can prove as we uh, move on. Prediction wise, uh, prediction scores even, it's 4-2 now as we head into our next match after we see Kip Sabian. A couple of tag team tournament, which was a lot of fun. Young Bucks get knocked off. In the first round. And of course SCU beating the Lucha Bros. In the final. Private Party find themselves here. Because they beat Dark Order. On AEW Dynamite. And uh, these two men do not sleep on these guys. Mark Quinn. And Isaiah Cassidy. Are two guys who can definitely go. There's some two guys I'm getting used to. Uh, and there's a few other moves that they do. Are quite fun. So they've kind of been. It's been good to see them in, in AEW recently. And here come, in my mind, one of the best tag teams on the entire planet. Ray Phoenix and, uh, of course, Penton, the Lucha Brothers. <laughs> and uh, Phoenix, just so agile. Just see him running the rope there as he comes in. I love the Lucha Brothers. Private party are growing to me. 
But a team that I'm really surprised that they, they're gone with, and fair play to them because they are super over, is SoCal so Uncensored. Of course, Christopher Daniels, Scorpio Star, Sky and Frankie Kazarian. And they're the tag team champions. Scorpio Sky has been positioned in recent times as being the guy. He wasn't even originally in the tournament until Daniels was taken out by La Lucha. And Kazarian's been a multiple-time champion in TNA, Impact Wrestling, and around the world, Ring of Honor as well. Good um, and we talk about how strong the tag team division is. We saw the Young Bucks earlier against uh, Santana and Ortiz, and now we're seeing these three teams. Tag team division is so strong in AEW. Who have you gone for in this match? Who have I gone for in this match? I have gone for SCU. And I too have gone SCU in this match. Dan, why SCU for? Um, it's normally the way to go if you've got a triple threat match, I believe. That's what uh, I've always said. That it's better because you think the champions, uh, the the numbers aren't great, but usually multi man they do sometimes retain. That's why I've gone SCU as well. Plus, just being tag tag team champions, I think they need a successful title defense. I think Private Party might be put in there, tweet the victory, and then you can move on with Lucha Bros versus SCU. Luke Froze are number one in the tag team rankings as well. They've solidified a spot as number one contenders. So what are you hoping from uh, this match then? So spectacularly, you know, these three teams can definitely deliver from the ring's perspective. Uh, Private Party is someone I didn't really know until the start of AEW. They've really impressed me. And, and I just hope the referee lets them, not all three of them in the ring at the same time. See some triple tag team moves. Baldy. Knox has got no locks. So what do you think of the AEW tag team titles? Um, I think they're just generic world titles with AEW plastered on them and tag team. I quite like them. I quite like the, the, the chunkier design. Feels like proper gold. Then, doesn't yeah, don't, it, you, know? you know, don't get me wrong. They, are, I think they are miles ahead of the WWE. Two P's. Bronze kind of. Uh... Two P's and five P's. And now we're going to start with uh, Kazarian and Kennedy in there. Oh no, Mark Quinn. Mark Quinn, even. I'll get that right. So, Quinn is the uh, LeBlanc one as Kazarian starts with him. Quinn's in there with Kazarian. So, so let's go for a quick cover. And it's returned by Kazarian. Who nips up to his feet to the uh, chagrin of Quinn. Two men showing what each other can do. There's going to be a lot of mutual respect for these two. And they want to be on the Lucha Brothers. Their outfits are rather out there, you know, with the Young Bucks and uh, Quinn wearing tails. Yeah, I mean, the most kind of... Generic tag team is their SCU at the moment with their their yeah. kind of trunks that they've got. But you know they look similar to a tag team. The brothers don't. Uh, private party. Yeah, they've gone for the black and gold motif, but they don't look very similar yeah, to, in not, what they're wearing. I would agree with that. As Phoenix is in now, showing what he can do flying off the ropes. But you know, in in uh, something that you like, they're not two wrestlers just teamed up together. They are legitimate tag teams. You know, SCU. Uh, private Party and uh, Lucha Brothers. Yeah, I doubt Lucha Brothers are actually brothers as well, which uh, I could really like as Private Party gets sent into each other. Oh, get hit with dual super kicks from the Lucha Brothers. The Scorpio Skies kind of looking to be restrained by the referee, yet everyone else is in the ring fighting. <laughs> the referee's just interested in Scorpio Skies. Phoenix hits the suplex on Kazarian. Can't keep him down, though. And it's going to be difficult to try and... Isolate someone in your corner when there's going to be three fresh guys. Kick to the midsection, followed up by a kick to the face. And now Lucha Brothers are through. I don't see what that brought to the move. 
Well, he was trying to bring trajectory to it, and like I said, the move doesn't work in real life, so didn't really come off the way it should have done. These two guys have won multiple single titles on their own, but just make such a great tag team. Well, that time spent pandering to the crowd gets uh, Kazarian slightly back into it, but he does get hooked up. But now he's fighting back until he eats a kick. Pentagon and both men take each other out with a clothesline. And the other four guys on the apron are desperate to get tagged into this match. No, and he's not going to allow that to happen, is it? Phoenix, he takes well, out. Yeah, Phoenix, superkick Scorpio Sky. As Kazarian's forced to tag in Cassidy. And Phoenix is just so quick. He's straight on Kennedy, but Kennedy's got speed Cassidy. in his own right. And Cassidy's got speed in his own right. And he uses Phoenix to get onto Pentagon. Didn't Phoenix send Cassidy into Pentagon? I was more concentrated to get his name right. And now <laughs> Private Buck. Private yeah. Buck. Yeah, both Quinn and Cassidy. And the referee's doing nothing about it. And he's letting Private Party just and double team. Party in the ring. Yeah. Now he finally gets out, does old Cassidy. And now Quinn puts that top turnbuckle. And hey. Pentagon with a kick out the backside. He just got his ass kicked. Lucha Brothers get a successful tag. Springs from the second to the top and a drop kick from the shoulders. <laughs> to get the referee involved. Oh, and he nearly gets taken out. But Pentagon's shown his strength. And Gorilla pressing Cassidy into the superkick of Phoenix. Or Phoenix, or however you want to pronounce it. And that made more sense, rolling through into the cannonball. But again, it doesn't look like it adds anything to the move. I mean, someone charging in flat out would be a lot harder and quicker. But, yeah. Well, Phoenix is certainly uh, controlling Quinn. And now they're going to look to try and put him away. They look for the uh, foot stomp package pile driver, but how's it to roll out of it? Into a backstabber from the corner, though. I think Kazarian realised he wasn't going to make it. And Cassidy coming to fight him, and Kaz sends him outside. That's well, nice by Quinn Land on his feet. A lovely seated drop kick there as he was pushed up into the air by uh, Pentagon. He's trying to go to tag his... his partner in. But Cassidy's nowhere to be seen after being taken out by Kazarian. Scorpio Sky gets the tag in. And now here comes Scorpio Sky. And he's on fire, baby. Taking out Phoenix with a couple of clotheslines and a drop kick. And Sky with the forearms. Building some momentum. Well, Phoenix trying to roll through. But getting caught with a kick to the midsection. A very high elevated double foot stomp. Sky jumping to the outside. And another cutter. And the third cutler. And now we're going to submission. Dragon sleeper locked in. Kazarian... Cutting off Cassidy with another cutter. The only thing I've seen more than Dragon cu- Sleeper. The only thing I've seen more than cutters tonight is super kicks and suicide dives. Yeah. Pentagon now just screaming at Mark Quinn, sends him into Kazarian, gets reverse round. Kazarian with a kick, then a right hand to Quinn. Kazarian jumps over the top rope, takes out Pentagon with a Hezzes' takedown, a Hurricane Rana spot. And now here comes Quinn over the top. Into another spot. A beautiful elevation. Are they trying too hard, do you reckon, then? Spot, 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 spot. Look, he's looking. Yep, come on, everyone get up. Quickly, I need to do my spot. And then you see uh, Phoenix there in the corner, ready to do his spot. Oh, no, wait a minute. He was ready there, blocking Scorpio Sky. Oh, yeah, but look, they're all all like, oh, quickly, let's get up. Yeah, but it's no different to... um... It is, but (laughs) it's got to be different, though, isn't it? No, I mean, they can still do that if it's better. But Phoenix, he's ready to do his spot now, waiting for everyone to get up. He's going to run across the ropes, do a triple backflip over the sky or something. And isn't that not impressive? I'm not saying it isn't, but it's spot, bang, spot, bang, spot. Balancing, springboard, springboard, corkscrew. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was phenomenal. That was good, but it is spot, 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 spot. <laughs> and it's 
It should be bang, you know, unexpected. Bang. But there, there is no wrestling company that does it nowadays, is it? It's all the same. That is that is the problem. It's going to be exactly the same takeover and Survivor Series as it's going to be yeah, I'm not, here tonight. But it should be different. That's I know what I'm saying. It's, but... it's got to be something that sets it apart. And, you know, what he's done, it's not something that I've never seen before. You know, I've seen a fucking bounce, 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 flip, spin, corkscrew, whatever. So, you know, it's not bringing anything new. It's just spot, 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 spot. <laughs> I hope you'll lose negative next weekend when it comes to... I will be. I'm, I'm taking off the glasses. I'm taking off the rose-tinted <laughs> glasses and everything's getting judged the same. I've been watching a lot of Gordon Ramsay. So when, Rick, when Ricochet does it then, you're not going to say... You're going to be like, us oh, not a spot, spot, spot. Because that's a guy who does that more than probably anybody else, isn't it? But it's not a problem with it because we like him. It's different. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly, because we like him. He's a spot caller, but you've got to get behind the characters as well, like you say. Yeah. And Fenix now finds himself between uh, Scorpio Sky and Kazarian. He gets elevated up to a Tornado DDT <laughs> into the ring. Fucking hell. Flattened. Kazarian with a cover. Ah, but Pentagon's saving it, but he gets cut off by a private party who throw him to the outside. And the referee is like, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? <laughs> what are we doing? What do you want me to do? Do you want me to start the way? Then they drag uh, Fenix to the corner and uh, Quinn gets a tag in. A huge shot to Sky and our private party might be looking to take advantage. Oh, a stunner or is that a cutter? That's a stunner. Into a slice of bread. The referee's like... Oh, they're taking their time and Kaz is in serious trouble. Quinn's finally to the top. That was a lovely shooting star. That shooting star was at least 12 feet in the air. At least 14 foot up, but it only gets him a two count. Two. And Quinn's starting to get a bit frustrated. Tags in his partner, Cassidy. And this could be Private Party's biggest moment. Looking for gin and juice. No. Kazarian holds on from the Hurricane Rana. Scorpio Sky's in there to catch him as well. And now Scorpio Sky gets him up in a gory bomb. SCU later. One, two... There you go. SoCal Val. SoCal Val. SoCal Uncensored. SoCal Val is a woman who's wrestling in Impact. Get the victory here. Kazarian and Scorpio Sky. I think everybody was trying a bit too hard in that one, but Dan. Oh no, fuck it. I'm going to say what I thought about it. Oh, look, Lucha Bros attacking them from behind. I thought it was a really good match. And I thought, um, in, like I said, in, in tag team wrestling. In AEW, they, they get something, and that's get, they get something right with the characters. Every tag team has got their own goal, where they want to be in their success, and they definitely showed it. The only problem is Lucha Brothers now are getting a really um, great response, even though they are the heels, and they're looking to put away Kazarian now, and Pentagon... Well, the lights go out. What does that mean? Is this the lights out match already? Oh, wait a minute. There's the ring. <laughs> oh, wait a minute, no. Takes him down. Who's in the Pentagon mask? Well, Angel's wings, and that maybe can only mean one man. Christopher Daniels. Well, the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels, is back after being taken out by Lucha Bros. And he wasn't going to let his team lose then. Daniels is back in action. Uh, yeah, I think a very, very good tag team match. Maybe they tried too hard, but the stuff that we've seen is better, is, is, is as good as we've seen NXT or WWE this year. It is, but it's... It's nothing different, and it was for a while. Spot, 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 spot. And, you know, you just like, come on, that'd be good. Stand up so, like, you know, they can all bunch together and get and take their fault, you know. And it was, and again, it, you know, it's nothing that we haven't seen before. But when it's better than what we are seeing, then maybe the other place needs to change it. 
if, is, if, if you're comparing it between, you know, saying what is the best kind of high-flying... That is a good point. And you know. yes, you know, AEW have got a very good tag team division, but I want to know, you know, what their goals are. I want to be invested in their stories, not just like, you know, spot, bang, spot, bang, yeah. spot, flip, flip, spot, you know. And, and again, the referee still needs to take some control of things. Yeah, I mean, they're letting, they are letting things go, but we have all had clean finishes here tonight. And uh, after that, scores are 5-3 heading into our next match. So up next is the women's title on the line. It's Rio versus Sakura. And this should be an interesting one. Prediction-wise in this, I have gone for Rio. I too have gone for Rio. <laughs> Rio and Sakura. I'm laughing because she's coming out dressed as Freddie Mercury, which you don't see a lot, really. You really don't know <laughs> Emi Sakura. She's, um, well, she's she's getting on in her years. She has been wrestling. She's 43 years old. She uh, resides in Bangkok, Thailand. Uh, she made a debut in 95. Um, she wrestled across Japan for several promotions, winning numerous titles before founding her own promotion, Ice Ribbon, in early 2006. She's not only wrestled for the promotion, but she was solely responsible for training wrestlers at the promotion, where she went on to become a two-time Ice Times 60 champion and five-time International Ribbon Tag Team champion. Um, during 2009, Sakura held not only both the Ice 60 and International Ribbon Tag Team Championship, but also the Daily Sports Women and JWP Tag Team Championships and the NEO Single and NWA Women's Pacific Championships, which led to Tokyo Sports naming her the 2009 Joshi Wrestler of the Year. Uh, after six years with the promotion that she started, she left for personal reasons in January 2012. Um, then she formed a Gotch Movie Pro- Bangkok, Thailand during 2012. She also became a regular for Joshi Prosku and the JWP Openweight Championship, which she won in October. So she, is, um, she has got a lot of accomplishments. The list of wrestlers that she has changed, uh, trained, goes on for miles she also trained Riho as well yeah. which is uh well this is what makes the story a little bit more personal isn't it is the fact that sakura knows her so well she brought into well she's got tears in her eyes and she's got to fight rio and uh this is the biggest moment of her career at this point in time like i said at 43 years old and for rio started wrestling at the age of nine well, yep, she was uh, nine years old in elementary school when she and her three years older sister, Sienna, began training at uh, Ice Ribbon Dojo under Sakura. She made a debut match uh, in 2006. Uh, so, yes, you know, she has been around for a while. So she made a debut when she was nine years old. Yeah, Rio's very impressive. One of the smallest women to ever hold a women's championship as well. Just about 90 pounds, which is probably about Braun Strowman's left leg, which is uh, a pretty unbelievable feat. What are your thoughts on the AEW Women's Championship? Um, it certainly looks different. It's uh, It looks tiny. It looks more like a cruiserweight championship as opposed to uh, a women's championship, if that makes any sense. That makes perfect sense. And we've got an hour time limit here. So, Rio, can she uh, carry on the momentum game? She's beaten people like Britt Baker. and But Sakura got a victory over on Dynamite in the tag team match. So, um, so with this, I'm expecting something good because, you know, these two women, they must know each other inside out, you know, in a wrestling ring. Um, so, you know, I'm expecting something really good from these two women here. Yeah, me too. I mean, hopefully they can definitely deliver 
the earlier women's match was a good one, but it's kind of gone, of course, a little bit after uh, the Spears game, but came back in with a tag team match. And Sakura getting away, and Rio just fought it with her legs, but snapped back down. Sakura has got that confidence, like I said, she knows her inside out. Well, she was uh, wrestling before Riho was even born. You know, she's uh, made her own promotions, more than one promotion. She's held, what, five, six titles at once as well. So, uh, yeah, you know, it should be a very interesting matchup between these two. Certainly a proving ground for Riho. We've seen the hands bring there and getting taken down, but Matrix in her way up is Rio. Yes, yeah, very nimble for a, for a small frame, but also it must hurt a lot more. It just shows her the toughness to try and get through. She, of course, became the first ever women's champion as well, coming off a, a huge victory there as the underdog over Nyla Rose and Sakura just with a huge chop building momentum but the women's division is probably the weakest thing in AEW how would you try and fix it at the moment in time is it just getting more faces in um I think getting more faces in there uh, kind of becoming a bit more invested because again you know a majority of what has has gone on it's like 96% men's wrestling is getting featured predominantly I think they need to kind of even out the odds and uh you know bring even more women into it or feature women more heavily as opposed to having them featuring on the dark matches or you know or stuff like that you know i, I agree with you and it's, it's getting more maybe not well-known talent but maybe you know a few more in there's not a reason to have that kind of uh a battle royal or anything else like that you know i think that would be quite fun so it'd be, it'd be interesting to see don't get me wrong there's no there's no problem with rio and sakura and Sakura, who gained control by a dive cross body to Rio to the outside, went to the top, now finds herself in a bit of trouble. Oh, well, a double foot stomp. Again, to the outside area of the ring, James. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what we've seen more of. Moves on the outside area of the ring or cutters. Yeah, cutters. <laughs> well, that was a huge move there by Rio, taking a breath out of Sakura's body. Well, I was trying to look to take advantage. Waiting for Sakura to get back up. As soon as she does well, she barely gets back up. Sent into the turnbuckle. I'm sure Sakura, though, has got something in her... I'm sure she's got a problem with her outfit. Well, either that or she had something in her hand. I mean, Rio just taking her down. Well, she's got a single leg Boston locked in on her former mentor. Well, there's no forgetting. Sakura taught Rio everything she knew, not everything that she knows. Rio's riding the wave of confidence at the moment as she's trying to pick... Sakura up. Who outweighs her by quite a lot. And, you know, that's not an offensive remark towards the woman she's opposing, but just how small Riho is. Well, the fans... She's getting the fans chanting, we will rock you, but they <laughs> seem to be sitting on their hands at this moment. You know, they're not as infested in this match as they have been previous matches. There's a running crossbody in the corner onto Rio. As Sakura is starting to uh, feel her way back into this match. She's uh, doing another Freddie Mercury reference going, Ew! <laughs> Ew! But the crowd just really aren't eating it up at the moment. Uh, very quiet. I mean, how long has this pay for you been going on at the moment? So we've been on two hours now. And uh, we've got the Women's Championship. And of course, we've got the other two big matches coming up. And of course, they were there for the first hour. So it's been three hours now. But this is lovely by Sakura just rolling around with Rio. And I've got in the bow and arrow. He just flicks her off with ease. Come on, James. Keep it together. Keeping it together. Rio's got to try to keep it together, even though Sakura has been pressing her. She has been pounding her. Now let's go. Rio chant starting to ring through the crowd. Rio's trying her best to get back into this, but her shots are just getting shook off. Ball. 
Oh, looking for a slam, but Rio lands on her feet. Go behind, and Sakura seems to be enjoying it. Wow, she's uh, exuding confidence here. A woman who's travelled the world and won titles for in numerous places. I know, she wants to say we are the champions here later tonight. But at the moment, she's a bit Radio Gaga. Wow, 6-1-9. Well, the queen gets taken down. Flying crossbody into the cover. Two, no. no. Kick out. Oh. So do you reckon these fans in the crowd are the same fans that are saying give women wrestlers a chance? Yeah, I think they are. Fuckers. They sit there rather talking and checking their phones as opposed to, you know, getting into this match because it is quite a spectacle of a match. And Sakura now mocking the referee. Oh, she's saying she's getting upset by about the beating Rio's taken to her lower back. <laughs> so do you think this is um, something that's... Because it does or can get lost in translation with, like, you know, these Asian women in the ring. Do you think that's why they're more animated doing yeah. a crying face as well as, you know, shouting out insults and, you know, staying stuff? Because, you know, it's a uh, majority of them, English isn't their first language. I, I completely agree. And sometimes it's difficult where they do shine is in the ring. And they are completely different. Uh, Sakura and Rio are to kind of everything we you know compare them to like an Oscar or a Kari Sane anything like that they're just great talents and it shows you what different characters they can be and they can sell it in the ring their only problem is like you say to build emotion to the match come across in a, in a promo that's why maybe even Rio like a, a manager or something like that for a heel women as well if they're going to go to that direction I think will work there's no doubt Sakura is definitely bringing it even though like you said her costume is, is broken now she's got a tiger bomb. Oh, but Rio rolls through and manages to hit a double foot stomp. Oh, Rio's taking some serious beating in this match. Flick countless times. And now referee counting. Does Fita said to referee count like a cunt? <laughs> well, he just got the women in this match no. are being animated. I want you to be yeah. even more animated. Out animator. The referee's like, hey! Up, uh, up, up you go, up. No! <laughs> Imagine if you ever got to 10. 10. Shoot his load. And Sakura now thinks she's got beaten of Rio. And Rio strikes maybe didn't hurt as hard as they did early on in the match. Elbow shot to the chest, knocking Rio back to the ropes. And Sakura with a chops. And Rio's now bringing it with a forearm. She hits 4, 5, 7 in succession. And that's about 10, 12, at least 20 shots there. At least 35. And Sakura now down on the floor. Oh, but fights back with a couple of slaps and some kicks to the thigh. She's chop across the chest, but Rio comes down. Rolls her up. Double foot stomp again. And Sakura there being the uh, veteran that she was rolling onto her front. But Rio realised that now catches her. A lovely Northern Lights bridges out, but only gets a two count. Two. Rio's been very impressive during this match. <laughs> Rip off. And now uh, here comes Rio with a knee, but Sakura dodges it. But Rio springboards off the second rope to another double foot stomp. I think that's a go-to move. And now Rio going up, looking to get the victory. Another double foot stomp. Goes for the cover. One, One two. two. No. And Sakura managing to bridge out. That's showing her own strength. And now Rio trying to get away. Sakura grabs the leg. It's not got enough weight to pull her body free, bless her. Rio clubbing blows to the back of Sakura. Oh, Sakura grabs her leg, back suplex. Oh, just plants Riho into the mat. Has that double underhook and just spins her around into a slam. And that might be it, going for the cover. But no. no. Just a two count. Two. Lucky enough, Riho managing to get a foot on the bottom rope. And you would think Sakura, with his experience, would be able to hook the leg. 
and it's Riola showing she knows where she is at all times. What the hair? Get off the hair! <laughs> and then Sakura now gonna put Riola hands on the feet, double knees to the chest, goes oh. for the knees again, but Sakura rolls her up. Well, Rio managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. Very good train, train, chain wrestling between the two of them. A roll-up ends in double knees to the head for Riho. Well, Sakura tried multiple pin combinations. Got the big shot. Building a head of steam now. On a round crucifix. Spins all the way round into a pin attempt. Free. And Rio takes down Sakura with an innovative offense there. I mean, really good stuff for both women. I mean, it, t- it told the basic story, but what are your thoughts on the match, though? Um, I thought the match was absolutely flawless between the two women. Um, bit of an anticlimactic end, but that leaves it open. She didn't get a definitive victory over her former mentor, <coughs> which, um, you know, which kind of leaves it open. Uh, the one thing that really fucking bugged me is how much the crowd weren't into this. I thought it was a fucking absolutely brilliant, flawless match between the two women. Um, it's kind of won us up there for match of the night because it wasn't full of spots. It was full of good moments, good moves, um, you know, just flawless technique between the two. Yeah, and it told the basic story of the student mainly getting past the teacher and, you know, showing her how to get the job done and, you know, what combination it took to put Sakura down. And that's hopefully Rio can go on now and have a good run. We know with people like Awesome Kong, with Brandy Rose by her side, it's going to be a, a big target on Rio's back. She's also got Ali. She's uh, got Britt Baker, who's surely going to be up there. Um, you know, she's kind of rated quite highly. Are we going to see a show of respect between these two women? Yeah, there you go. Sakura raising the hand of the victor. And if that's just her job to come in and do that, she's done a great job. There's no doubt about it. But now things are going to get serious because the AEW Championship <laughs> is on the line. Will this be Cody Rhodes' last ever shot at the Lee Champion? We'll find out next because Chris Jericho and Cody Rhodes face off. Le Champion! The build-up's been quite good to this, lad, hasn't it? You know? The build-up has been quite good, but it's it's something that's kind of taken the focus away from every other single match out there because... There's too much focus and too much build-up on just this one match. And we was complaining before about pay-per-views. Yeah, you know, a lot of the other matches on have had some build towards them. But this match is kind of taking the focus away from every single other thing on this card. Yeah, it, this feels like the main event. And I'm surprised it's going on before the Moxley Omega match. But I think that's kind of something that's happening after the pay-per-view, yeah. you yeah. know, in, in closed brackets. But there's so many stories, you know, leading to this. And, and this is what's kind of led Dynamite on as well with the inner circle forming, thanks to, uh, you know, Chris Jericho with Cody Rose coming back with the elite to try and fight off. We, we've we've talked about countless of times how dominant or, uh, you know, uh, Cody Rose, Young Bucks, Kenny Omega are because they're kind of head, you know, involved in charge of it, so to speak. We needed a Hill group to go against them. And Jericho, who's been on fantastic form, creating the inner circle, which I think has got potential to be a great group, even if it's just for Jericho at the moment. As I said, I think this is mainly about Jericho's talking ability as opposed to his in-ring ability. I don't think the match between these two is going to be anything outstanding because I think Jericho is slightly past his best in the ring. But, you know, it's, it's going to also kind of focus on Cody Rhodes' ability to carry a match. Yeah, he can uh, kind of run a company, and he seems to be doing that very well thus far. But you can see that bit too before, and you can tell it obviously didn't slam on his arm. Well, the inner circle attacked Dustin Rhodes backstage. 
Uh, and Cody shows some fire, like you say, you, you talk about. He has done it, but the problem is if you if you give him that opportunity too soon, then the fans will turn against you like they have against people like Roman Reigns and Seth Rollins. And I think this is why AEW, like Young Bucks have lost tonight. Um, yeah, I know Paige won, but we're going we're gonna to see how it goes, you know. So, um, obviously, by looking at my count, you've won the predictions. I can only come away with a draw here, just providing we've gone for different in the next two matches. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Who have you gone for in this one, then? Well, James, I've gone for Cody because, you know, he's, he's not going to make a statement saying he's never going to fight for the championship again if he loses. But I think it's going to be under shady circumstances where Jericho is still going to be able to retain his title. So I've gone for a Cody victory, but Jericho to retain his title. Well, that's not my answer. My answer is not Jericho to retain. <laughs> just just <laughs> so, keeping it out So you're, you're Cody to get a DQ win. To get a DQ finish. Yeah, you know, Jericho to hit with a chair or, so, you know, something yeah. outside interference or, you know, whatever. Well, we've got the judges at ringside just in case it goes an hour with a draw. And the three are... Dean Malenko. Arn Anderson. And the great Muta. Who knows where he is at the moment. We're over here. Hi. There you go. Just whack this hat on. Whack this T-shirt on. (laughs) So we've seen two of the four horsemen as well. Three of the four horsemen. Yeah, they do, yeah. I completely agree. I completely agree. You know, it's weird that we're seeing it. And we saw, of course, Rock and Roll Express earlier. But it's going to be Cody Rose now... And uh, I've gone for, in this one, Chris Jericho to win. So we've gone different. So you think Cody Rhodes is never, ever, ever in his ever going to go for the World Heavyweight Championship again then? No, I, I feel to <laughs> do it right, to not push people down the... the, the if you give Cody a chance to fight is for earn an opportunity, the fans will get behind him, even though they are already. And then you've got, when he becomes champion, the fans will be happy. Rather than being force-fed, it could be more organic and that's why I see, and also see for long term plan MGF getting involved as well or, uh, and costing Cody to pro- prolong that because then you've got the feud with MGF and everything that goes beyond it and then finally Cody getting his chance to earn it well there's uh, MJF coming out with Cody now he's had Cody's side there's no <laughs> get me wrong we've seen it on Dynamite saving him with a steel chair uh, and being there but I just feel if, they, if, if they're going to do it tonight would be the perfect place I can see your reasoning behind it because MJF does has that cocky look in his eye and his face that he's... Because, you know, he's a member of the original elite. So, you know, he's someone that's going to be quite expendable. He's going to be someone that's, uh, you know, he could cause mischief in this match. So, you know, I do see your reasoning in it. But, again, he could be something that MJF hits Cody Rhodes. So Cody gets the victory, but Jericho still keeps the title. Yeah, but what what I can't see... It's at the moment talk about you know differences WWE and AEW. I can't see in their title match have a DQ. I think the fans a screwy know, finish. He love doing a screwy finish. I just think with AEW at the moment, just to give it that kind of thing. I love Cody's entrance coming from the ground up. I think that's the best one that he's had uh, since being an all-league. Obviously they've gone out. I think Cody as a character's changed so much since we last saw him. In WWE, just the confidence. So, see, he's not the greatest of wrestlers, is he? But he's got the kind of character, the way he's portrayed himself. But I think, you know, again, it's something that he's kind of done it himself. You know, he's kind of where he is, the top guy in his company. He can build his character however he wants. So yeah. he's got kind of creative control over himself, where he has, you know, a slight bit of creative control over everyone else. 
So, you know, he can become who he wants to be. He can do what he wants to do. I think Cody deserves it. You know, he, his dad, you know, to talk about his dad looking down proud. Dusty Rose was the, the competition to WWE in the 80s, and it was his innovation and his ideas. And Cody, you know, Dusty would be so pleased, even though he was part of NXT, to, to see what Cody has done. The real competition now. You're going against Chris Jericho. You know, AEW's pay for you. If you had told us a year ago we'll be doing this, I wouldn't have believed you, but now we are. And it's in thanks to Cody Rose and everything that's happened in AEW, you know, but like I said, we're still going to call it like it is. The match is shit, the match is shit. But they've they built it up to a point where they, they've done a really good job. So can this bring back round to... Um... You know, what I was saying from when we first started watching AEW, you know, like the Young Bucks starting off the show as Cody Rhodes was starting off the show, Cody giving himself the main event slot, mm. giving Kenny Omega the kind of dark match, which is like basically the the after-pay-per-view kind of event, what they'd normally do uh, at WWE house shows. You know, it's it's he's kind of putting himself into the spotlight. And, you know, even though him saying that I'm not going to fight for it again if he does lose, he will still be up there or thereabouts because, you know, if the, it goes the way that you say it's going to go and MJF is going to turn on him, then he's still going to be in the spotlight yes. with MJF. Yeah. So, you know, it's... Always going to be focused on him, yeah, I, but it, and that's what's vital to make sure they don't the, the audience don't overexpose, exa- overexpose, don't turn on him, don't get force fed, but make it feel more organic, you know. And that was a success. And the problem was with Chris Jericho, so well respected and so you know so great, the champion got all these things. The fans had do nothing but cheer for him. And as a heel champion, it's going to be difficult going against someone again, like like Cody Rhodes because the story has been quite good leading into it. But the, the negative reactions from the, imagine you know Adam Page versus Jericho now again would probably get booed by the crowd now. Jericho would be cheered. So yeah. that is another problem they've got to look at. So they need someone that's going to get more cheers than the cheered Hill yeah. champion. I, and with the way I thought about <laughs> predictions, I thought Moxley would be a good one to go next because then you can have the kind of the audience reaction of cheering both. You know, it, it, I think Moxley's is strong enough character to be cheered over Jericho. But Jericho just keeps building to his legacy. Every time we think he's done, he just comes back. But who who could be the next face challenger? Because as I was saying, you know, they are very stacked. He'll, again, you know, why I've kind of covered both bases with Cody. If he wins and wins the title, then, you know, he's got Moxley. He's got Pac. He's got, you know, a few others down the line that can challenge him for the title. Whereas Chris Jericho, you're not going to have Kenny Omega again. Because I think they've blown their wads previously with Omega versus Alpha. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to obviously take a year or so before that can come back again and be relevant again. Um, Again, you know, Paige, he's had his shot. He came up short. So, you know, who else is it going to be? It's not going to be like um, Sean Spears. It's not going to be anyone like that going against him. Yeah, and is it a case of can they sign anybody to come in and actually have that effect? Is there anybody at the moment that maybe can move it in that way? And I think all AEW can do is maybe build someone up because you have, it's not, Jericho doesn't need a challenger for the next pay-per-view. Do you know what I mean? If he did, that's kind of like three or four months away now. So they've got some time to kind of build that up on TV. But that is a problem that needs to be kind of sorted out soon. So do you think with um, like the length between pay-per-views that like Jericho, what would normally in WWE be a two, three pay-per-view thing. So like a three-month title reign. With Jericho, it's going to be like a six, eight month 
title yeah, reign. I, I do see Jericho. <clears throat> I, do, I wouldn't be surprised, depending on the storyline, if, you know, Jericho eventually lost to Cody a year down the line or, or something like that to kind of round it up. But that's only in three, four pay-per-views time. Yeah, so this is the problem where you've got to think, do you swap it out like that? I mean, Jericho, it depends who wants to step up. The, the, the person you would say is Pac, but the problem is with Jericho is that he's the hill as well. So that, But that would be the person you would think would be the next challenger. Well, let's get our way through this match first before we obviously think about um, the next challengers. Yeah, exactly. So it's Chris Jericho, the jumping on. With a little bit of bubbly. And the Judas effect. And Jake Hager by his side. Who? Jack Swagger. Oh, yeah, yeah. That failed MMA guy. So Jericho's 3-0 single, 6-0 overall. Hasn't tasted defeat. And it's Jericho's 49th birthday today. Jesus. <clears throat> he has let himself go a bit, though. Woods is going to referee the AEW World Title match. And Jericho telling the crowd exactly what he thinks of them. But I think the pay-per-view flows quite well. I mean, the Janela match aside, I think we've got to the World Title match pretty quickly. In a, You know what I mean? In the pay-per-view, in the W pay-per-view, it take, feels a long time getting there. And right now, we've got two matches left. And that is going to be quite long. Yeah, this is you, you feel this is going to be like a what 30, 35, 40 yeah. minute long match as well as the uh, the Mox versus Omega match, which is going to be another 40, 45 minute yeah, match. Yeah, you feel like you've got a good hour left in us in this pay-per-view. Uh, well, at least an hour and a half. <laughs> so, oh, look, Jericho's got uh, the champion belt. So he's um, he is actually... I compared him to Hulk Hogan <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> earlier on, and he is actually wearing a Hulk Hogan belt. Extra points if he does the bake back rake. Yeah, we like um, that. An extra bonus point if he takes his belt off and whips Cody with it. <laughs> <clears throat> but yeah, it doesn't get confused with an illegal object in the match. No, it doesn't. That is all legal. Referee will have a, a monitor, but you'll still be allowed to do it. So what's, Jer- what's uh, Cody Rhodes' game plan, and if he wants to... Beat the champion. Why is Jericho so good at this moment in time? What's Cody got to bring? Um, well, Cody, obviously, he has to uh, keep his eyes on the prize in Jericho and not get too distracted by uh, Jake Hager. He has got MJF kind of counter-effect Jake Hager as well. So if Jake gets involved, he's got MJF there to do it. Um, it's Yeah, he's just got to kind of keep his head in the game and just kind of out-wrestle Jericho. Every move, you know, he's got to use his youth and agility as well. Do you think Cody Rhodes is a better wrestler than Jericho at this point? On, on right now, in, on this day. On this on day. This day. Um, I don't know because with Jericho's <laughs> experience and his ring intelligence, I think he is probably the better wrestler. You know, and just his character game as well. You know, he he you won't see Jericho doing anything stupid. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> you know, he's he's gonna play all the delays in this match. He he knows how to slow, how to get under his opponent's skin. He knows, you know, he knows every single trick in the book. And there's no doubt Cody's had a lot of experience on the independent scene. But how many truly big matches has Cody Rhodes been involved in? You know, yes, AEW's been around now for a couple of months, but on this stage, you know, building up to it to face someone like Chris Jericho in a sold-out arena, he's got to still bring butterflies to young Cody because he's never was a champion or WWE champion, of course. World champion in WWE. And maybe that's what eats away at Cody to try and get to the top at the moment in time. But Jericho's just full of confidence. Undefeated in AEW. That, you know, wave of him being undefeated is certainly going to go in his favour as well, you know. And Jericho, 
he's been everywhere. He's done everything. You know, he's he won two WWE titles on the same night against two of the best WWE has to offer. You know, he's he's been wrestling pretty much all of Cody's life. But Cody's been involved in wrestling all of his life. And Jericho going to try and get into it with Dean Malenko. You don't want to start on the Iceman, Jericho. I mean, these two, we've going back 20 years. And these two had a bloody great rivalry as well. Uh, Dean Malenko's beaten Chris Jericho for the Cruiserweight title. The man of a thousand and, Jericho yeah. had more. <clears throat> Malenko now sits at the table and watches the AEW champion. Le champion! But Cody is just going to take his time as well. So we haven't really seen anything of no, and it has been about 10 minutes in this match, like since the entrances start. Do you think that kind of takes away from it, or do you think helps build it? Because, you know, we've mentioned in matches, we like a slow burn. We like something to start off slow, get a bit of pace, and then, you know, just keep rolling, rolling, charging on through. Oh, that has definitely got a big match feel to it, hasn't it? You know, so... I mean, if they're building up towards saying, I think that's, that, that's all good. It's just a problem with to be falling into that Triple H mode of having a 25-minute match because you think everybody wants that. If you've got a story to tell and it takes that amount of time, fair enough. If it only takes 15, 20 minutes, you know, do it in that time. You don't need to uh, kind of overdo it. But at the moment, I think you find the crowd's settling into this one. There's two guys that people are watching. You know, your eyes are on it. And that's what proves that they're, they're stars here as well. But is it a star and a self-made star? Because, you know, in any other promotion, would Cody be in this spot? Well, I've said Cody's not been a champion in any other place. You know, the independent scene, yes. But uh, this is the thing Cody's got to realise when he's going against Jericho. It's not going to be handed to him. And he needs to earn it. And I think the story of, well, if it all gets taken away, he has to earn it even more. Tells a better story because it's like I said, it's not given to you on a silver platter. Well, this is is this going to be the whole story of AEW now? Like Cody Rhodes working his way back towards the title picture, getting himself a shot, getting himself in that title contention, even though you know this is obviously going off a Cody loss. But even though, like you know, he said, Oh, yeah, I'm never going to face for it again. So, you know, it's going to be him kind of turning himself into a liar because he said he's never going to face for it again. Well, no, well, <laughs> Macho Man Randy Savage retired, retired in 1991 and it led to one of the great storylines because Jake the Snake came in and Macho got bitten by the snake and he slapped Liz. And Macho, you know, didn't want to be reinstated, but people were so annoyed by what Jake the Snake did Macho to be reinstated so he could fight him. And I think with Cody, you might get to that point where people, they want the crowd to be so desperate for him to get an opportunity, they get it, rather than the other way around. I think they're trying to play it safe. And then hopefully AEW, once they build up Cody, wherever it is, build up a face on a hill and, and do the same with that and keep doing it and build new fucking stars to be in wrestling rather than having the kind of same one. That's what we want to we, we want to see people become stars, you know, people become relevant, you know, not WWE haven't done that in years of building anybody up. Everybody's on the same level. You want you want to see, you know, people come up. Just, yeah, but wouldn't these, wouldn't this just be like, you know, a loose comparison to when Vince McMahon won the WWE title or when Vince Russo won the uh, WCW title? What with Cody? <clears throat> well, you know, like with Cody cuz like, you know, he's one of the CEOs or COO or chief executive officer, or whatever he is, you know, of the company that it's saying, well, you know, does he really deserve it because he kind of gifted it to himself? Yeah, but and this is why this storyline is essential to work 
in the next year or so because then Cody, Cody if it doesn't work then Cody can switch easily enough to a heel and be that self-centered guy of like well this is my promotion but it then when you kind of him. push that on the lines of well it's a storyline that WWE have done with Triple H it's what they've done with only if there's Shane pro- McMahon it's what they've done with Vince McMahon you know you don't want a heel leader well and this is why hopefully AEW are going to do it right and the crowd oh, can get invested shit but Cody Rose has just died. Yes, well, you know, this... Oh, he's busted open. Oh, my God. Fucking hell. Well, we've seen uh, Cody Rose doing a suicide dive over the top rope. Jericho moving out of the way. And Cody going head first into the steel ramp. And he's got a crimson mask on. And is this... It looks like he is fucking actually busted open. No, he is busted wide open. So this wasn't supposed to happen. No, he, yeah, he fucked him right up. Uh, there you go. Fucking hell, that picture. <laughs> but, you know, again, is is this them doing spots for the sake of doing spots? I mean, something that shouldn't be happening. You shouldn't need to have to do this in wrestling. You know, they was telling a good enough story without him risking life and limb. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it might be. But, again, if it's part of the story of how, you know, the, under, the, the underdog baby face being beaten, bloodied and beaten is a storyline worth telling. And it's an act, you know... Jericho moved, would he use his veteran way, or was it a mistake from Cody to be uh, over-enthusiastic? And Jake Haig has just passed a chair to Jericho. Well, the champion is having less seat. We're going to see a slow-motion replay of Cody. Cool. Now Jericho, get rid of the chair. He don't need it. He's got Cody right where he wants him. And as Cody's mum watches on, she's seen the Rose family in the past getting this done to them. I'm going to send you outside a bit of... Uh... A breather. And Jay Hager comes and just puts Cody Rose into the barricade. And sends him right to the feet of the uh, the trainers there, who are, who are in position with their paper towel. And he has got a nasty gash on his head. But Cody's saying he ain't stopping this match. But do you think, you know, there is a point where they've kind of got to say, look, we're going to give it five minutes, sitting with a train, you know, at least patch him up a little bit. Or do you think this match should carry on regardless of, uh, you know, Cody having a... A gash on his head that re- will require multiple stitches. Well, uh, yeah, that's a difficult question. I mean, if, you, if you've got cut man, then maybe that would help for a little bit. But, you know, the show must go on. You can't really... It's... But it is a fucking serious gash on his head. Well, I doubt, you know, the, cut, the cut's bad. And now Jericho's going to target that. I mean, you know, with Mick Foley, it's like, you know, he said it took years off his career going through that Hell in a Cell thing and he had a gash on his butt, you know, and he's he's had multiple gashes. And then this is gonna. This is coming before a match that's gonna have Moxley versus uh, Omega in probably an anything goes match. So you know you don't want you want this one to be focused more on wrestling, and the next one to be focused on re- on on weapons and foreign objects. That's true. But like I said, when you can do anything, then this is what they've. You know, you've been told you can do what you want. This is why uh, the Moxley match has got to be different. You know, if it's just off of that, it's going to be kind of the same as any generic hardcore match I mean at the moment at least there's a story here I mean Cody's showing how tough he is even with the the eye injury and the confident champion at the moment Le Champion so point scoring James where are you seeing the points going so far hey I say Jericho I mean he's been under this one Cody's in serious trouble right now Jericho just with a chops and that right hand to the midsection oh Cody's had little to no offence but he's managing to get his feet up for Jericho and unwisely climbing up to the top. Oh, looking for a moonsault there. Moved out of the way. 
into Carver and Cody managing to kick out. Uh-huh. You can even see that MJF has got an evil glint in his eye. You know, he's, the way he is, he's supposed to be a a face kind of corner man where he seems like he's got mischievous glint in his eye. But he started the chant there to get Cody back into it. <clears throat> As Cody got caught though by Jericho again. He got put in an arch. Move made famous by... Wilfred Schneebler. <laughs> no, not Wilfred Schneebler. Wally Sumpkins. No, not Wally Sumpkins. Wilbur Schneider. Wilbur Schneider. In the 1920s. In the 1940s. At least the... And now Jericho with the elbows to Cody's midsection. And Cody moving a leg out of the way. Hip toss. Managing to get some separation between him and Jericho. But can he capitalise on this? Trying to pull himself up to his feet. Jericho with a drop kick though. Perfectly targeted to the jaw. Again, going for the cover, but Cody up at two. Two. But you got to think how much energy he's exerting every time he manages kicks out. Ah. Uh-huh. Ask him. Ask him, you stupid idiot. Jericho um, going to his old school roots, you know, with a little rest hold there. Or is that intelligently, you know, he's kind of not doing anything to exert any more pressure to Cody and opening up his gash on his head anymore? Yeah, it's the thing. This is something we've not seen, though. I mean, apart from maybe... The Spears match, this is kind of the most WWE match so far. I mean, there's even hints of um, WCW in it at the moment. Absolutely. Every time Cody tries to get back into it, Jericho cuts him off. Lion salt, but Rhodes getting his knees up. Now Cody's trying to take advantage of disaster kick. No! Springboard into the kuta. Goes for the cover. Really? But Jericho managed to kick out. Ah, uh, really? Why can't they use it? There's been every fucking match. So apart what? from the fucking Rio Sakura match. It's it not, has been in every single fucking match. It's not that great a move, is it? It's just like a super kick. Well, Cody trying to build momentum. Can he get back into this one? The fans are behind him. Cody running through Jericho. Close line, big boot. Backs him into the corner. And now he's going for the 10 punches in the corner. And Jericho's in a little bit of trouble now. Cody, there you go. Disaster kick to Jericho's face. Sends him to the floor. And Cody wearing a crimson mask. Finally got some momentum in this match. But even though Cody was just on the offence, Jericho managed to change the momentum, even though Cody had hit one of his finisher slash signature moves. But when Cody went over the top and hit his head on that ramp, he also hurt, looks like, his midsection. And Jericho targeted that as soon as he came out. And like I said, just that one shot completely changed everything. Cody is pretty banged up right now. Referee might have to have a look. I'm probably sure it's internal bleeding, Dan. Most definitely internal and, and a bit of external bleeding yeah. as well. He might have hyperextended his, um, ribs. his ribs. Well, he's certainly, his equilibrium it's, is certainly it's, shot. It's not all over the place. Might be, mm. you know, some bleeding somewhere in his mum. He's going to say, stop the damn match and Jericho getting in the face. Is that Dustina Rhodes? Oh, she slapped Jericho. And Jericho looking to someone. And Co- on, outside interference here. Cody with a spear. Oh, come on. Jericho got involved first with just one slap. And now Cody, full momentum. Can he put Jericho away? Oh, it's Jericho trying to jump on Cody. Cool. Alabama slam shout out to his former trainer, Hardcore Holly. Goes for the cover. No, just a two count. Two. Sorry, is um, Excalibur saying that was a spine buster? No, he's Comparing said, it to Arn Anderson's spine he buster. He is trying to... But JR said he'll tell him how it really works over a meal, so... Even slam moved on from it. I think they very they go forward with it. And now Cody sees his opportunity. He's got the figure four. Woo! <clears throat> Puts it in on Jericho in the middle of the ring. 
Jericho's in pain, but he doesn't look troubled just yet. Well, he turns it around and manages to reverse the pressure towards Cody. Now Cody's struggling to break it or turn it round again. Now Cody's got hold of the bottom rope. Oh. <laughs> now Jake Hager's got involved. Why don't MJF go round there and drag him off the ring apron? Because in this world, you only allowed your side of the ring. Ah. No, this is a different world to WWE. Oh, you're right. Well, Jericho sent it to Hager. Cody rolls him up. Two. No. Two count. And Hager with the right hand to the head of Cody. The referee saw it. And she's just pointing at Hager. Well, free saw it. And I don't think she wants to disqualify Jericho. Unless Cody, unless Jericho gets disqualified. Damn wins. No! no, she's sending him out of here. Out of here. Aubrey, the blow-up dull Edwards has sent him out. <laughs> and Jake Hager. But he's not leaving without putting some uh, a beating on MJF. <clears throat> well, was Jake Hager the equaliser? He's no longer be able to help Chris Jericho. But with the referee's backs turned, Jericho's got the title belt. He's going to look to knock out Cody Rhodes. Ah, shot to that open wound on the head. (laughs) And Jericho's playing a bit of Eddie Guerrero here. Well, referee didn't see it, and why not? And Cody's out, surely. Don't call me Shirley. Well, I think Jericho just needs to roll into a cover. And he's got a wry smile on his face, James. He's smirking. He's not smirking. He knows, though. He's just about to retain his title when he covers Cody. One, two, two, no. no. Rhodes managing to kick out. Uh, and you're getting upset. He can't put Cody away. And maybe it is Cody's night. Oh, and now is it time? Is he going to go for the Jesus effect? No, he gets caught. Crossroads. Jericho got planted. One, two, no. Oh. Just a two count. Two. Well, how did Jericho manage to get out of that? MJF can't believe it was recovered at ringside. You can see that nasty gash. And the cut on Cody's head. And cut on Cody's head is really bad as well. This is awesome chance. It's good. It's it's getting there. This is WWE. Yeah, this is getting there. <laughs> this is just WWE given enough time. With a bit of blood. Bit of bubbly. Bit of bubbly. <laughs> bit of bloody. I'm enjoying it though. It's all right. Both men trading now on their knees. <clears throat> is that Randy Orton in the front row? No. No, it's not. And now both men trading again. And Cody winning the A&A punches. Jericho coming back though, but Cody taking a bit of his old Dusty Rose magic. Shake, rattle and elbow to the head. Oh! oh Jericho still managing to kick out. Uh, bionic elbow couldn't get the job done. And Cody just staring at Jericho now. Shots to the midsection. Oh! Cody looked at the disaster kick. Got caught with a code breaker. No, just a two count for Jericho, though. Two. Oh, a code breaker is a deadly move. And so is normally a title belt. And Cody's still standing. I say standing. He's laying face first at the moment. He's still in this match. Now Jericho just kicking Cody. Just working the midsection now. Choking him on that second rope. Coming bow to the back. And Jericho has taken the belt off. Will he use it? Of course he will. Whipping Cody like he's a government mule. I hope Jericho using that belt. I compared him to Hogan earlier, but this is just going too much. And then <laughs> don't tell me don't tell me the ratings are gonna go down. Jericho's gonna leave <laughs> and then come back and think it's him bringing the ratings back. And then fight Billy Kidman. Yeah. 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 Oh no, Aubrey Edwards. He's gonna come back a face. Yeah, Aubrey Edwards there uh, taking that belt. 
step too far. After letting him hit him four or five times with it. Let's hope Cody can use his belt as retribution. No, no, the ref won't let that. Super kick as Jericho is perched on the top. They get some separation for Rhodes. Sure how much Cody Rhodes has got left in him. He's going to go for a hurricane runner. No, Jericho catches him. Grabs his legs. Walls of Jericho. And Cody's caught in the middle of the ring. And I don't know if Cody is or just pass out. Uh, he's unable to get any closer to the ropes though. Jericho has got it locked in deep. And the fans chanting for Cody to try and get up and reach that bottom rope. Well, it's all over for him. Uh, he manages to get there. Jericho going to get a five seconds. Some more punches to the forehead. No, Jericho's getting Aubrey Edwards' face. Oh, she pushes it into Cody. Rolls him up. Two. No, just a two count. Two. Jericho goes down very low. You just see him bend down. And he's just trying to turn in one shot to the midsection. And MJF's got a towel in his hands. Like I said, he saw him reach down and get it. And now he's got the lion tamer locked in. And Jericho's got Cody, and Cody's in serious trouble. Oh, he's unresponsive. He's not even trying to fight out of this move. Oh, Jericho my putting God. the talk back onto the neck of Cody. MJF's uh, throwed the towel in. And that's the it. The has been rung. Jericho wins. But Cody didn't lose. Cody didn't win. Cody didn't win, though. MJF <laughs> threw the towel in. Submission win. Jericho remains undefeated, and Cody Rhodes can never challenge for a AEW Championship again. But is Cody's argument going to be it was not him that quit? It was not him that called this match off? Well, I don't think MGF just did what's right for his friend. He saw him in trouble. What a great match that was. And yes, very WWE, but AEW spin on it, you know? And I like the old school. WSW, you know, the belt used and a bit of blood that we saw as well. Jericho comes across good. Cody didn't lose, or, you know, or didn't get pinned, didn't submit. So I think both men look good in this one. Dan, what are your thoughts on the match? Yeah, it's the most WWE match I've seen with um, All Elite. It kind of, I think the dive over the top rope and head plant into the ramp kind of hampered what this match could have been. Because it kind of slowed down and it was mainly Jericho protecting the head of Cody throughout the rest of this match. And um, that kind of scuppered what this match could have been. Um, And I think, again, you know, it was a risk. that I know it was an accidental risk, but it was an unnecessary accidental risk that didn't need to happen and wouldn't have happened, say, if he'd have done it on a different side of the ring and it wouldn't have been so close to the ramp. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, so I think that scuppered it. Um, but it didn't reach the speeds I was expecting it to with the slow start. And, you know, we like the slow burners that build up to a brilliant climax at the end. Uh, kind of get the climax towards the end that I was ha- half expecting from the I still start thought, this match. I still thought it was a great match. And it's nice City in the circle coming out, celebrating Jericho with a little bit of bubbly. And Cody's obviously upset, but MGF did what was right. For his friend. I still think it was a, a a good match. And like I said, Cody might have something to say down the line. Well, you know, again, aside from the finish of this, MJF didn't turn on Cody. No. He was looking out for his friend as opposed to looking against his friend. Also, MJF's crying. He's so sorry. Well, the fans shout, you fucked up. And Cody's saying he didn't give up. He wasn't pinned. But I think he'll be strong enough to forgive MJF. Oh, Cody, yeah. Still going to be friends with MGF. He's his friend. Pick it up. Put him on his feet. Oh! And the inevitable turn. <laughs> MJF with a kick to the gonads. 
Uh, I felt good for MJF. He cost Cody the AEW World Championship. And it was deliberate. Well, you son of a bitch, MGF. And what a story now for Cody to come back from redemption. The fans shouting arseholes just like that. We talk about Hills in AEW and MGF just stepped up oh, to look, the plate. Oh, we've got another one. <laughs> yeah, he stepped up. Woo! All these great Hills that we have in AEW. <laughs> and maybe the biggest victim, Cody Rhodes. The biggest night of his career. His best, well, his friend turns on him, costs him a chance. Oh, you're going to feel so sorry. You're going to want to... You're going to want him to fight the AEW champion and win now, aren't you? You're going to want him to beat you, MGF. You're going to want him to win. You want him to do it. Oh! And a fan just threw a trick by MGF. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the kind of heel reaction you want, in it? And he's getting ejected. Yep. And he's probably going to miss the best match of the night, it's... what I would expect to be. Well, Cody can't believe it. That's a heel reaction there for MGF. Prediction points after the Rio match, it was 4. Now, it's 7-4. So, are you on for a perfect score? I am on for a perfect score. <laughs> Who have you gone for in the last match? I have gone in the last match, John Moxley. <laughs> you can't retract emails, can you? No. <laughs> Alright, so the AEW title match there. Scores at the moment. I am on for perfect score. So main event is John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in a lights out match. What the hell could a lights out match mean? We'll find out next. Is it going to be like no one's going to see what's going on? No, is it going to be in a pitch black dark? I hope not. I hope not. Is JRF die? <laughs> I hope not. I've enjoyed it being shut. Is Excalibur a white man in a mask? Going <laughs> to be a luchador. Find all this out and more. Alright, so here we go, the main event, and it's been quite some build-up ever since John Moxie debuted at Double or Nothing at St. Omega, crashing since then injuries prevented them from fighting off. But what have you thought the build-up to this? Is this the biggest feud in AEW right now? I think it has been, and you know, it's it's quite a personal feud between these two guys as well. It's, um, you know, Dean Ambrose, or sorry, Moxley going after Omega kind of targeting the AEW top guy, you know, the the best wrestler in the biz, according to uh, some people. Um, it's, you know, it's, it's it's a huge thing, you know, so big that it's a, it's a lights-out match. Well, what I find interesting about it is that uh, a couple of weeks ago we watched probably one of the greatest street fights of all time or, or hardcore matches in uh, Cactus Jack versus Randy Orton. Will this be similar to that? Will they see, will we show something different that we're just not expecting? At the moment, I've really enjoyed this pay-per-view. But if this match can really deliver me, then my, my score is going to be quite high for it as well, you know? Talk about scores and predictions. I've gone John Moxley. Danny, have you gone for in this match? Uh, I've gone for Mox as well. Yeah, I think Mox needs the victory. I think he's the guy for AEW if they want to go forward. Kenny Omega, again, the train that... I'm still a little bit out with him. I don't know. I, I, I've I've seen his work. I, there's no doubt he's a great wrestler, but just doesn't quite click for me just yet. Um, yeah, same as I think. Kind of, there's too much hype around him. So you know, it's he's his hype is bigger than his ability. I believe it's difficult when you've been told you know the best bout machine. Every match you expect him to be in is a five star classic. There's only a few wrestlers. That can it ever do that? You know, you talk about people at Hot Thriller, Chris. I'm not sure Michaels or Kurt Angle is Kenny Omega 
on that level. There's no doubt, you know, people think he's sort of like a Benoit or, you know, Eddie Guerrero, but it's there to be seen. Well, Dave Meltzer certainly believes that Kenny Omega is the greatest person to ever lace up his boots. And even JR thinks he's the best in pro wrestling, but, like I say, he's still got to prove it in AEW. And Moxley's been a bit hit or miss. I mean, the promo he did on Dynamite, uh, which I, I really liked a couple of weeks ago, and, and we, we've seen kind of him getting more in shape. I'm not sure about the tights he wears, so, you know, maybe change it up a little bit. And he's coming through the crowd this time round. <laughs> Just like he did. <clears throat> In his shield days, but you're a huge Dean Ambrose fan. What do you think of John Moxley? Uh, I am a huge Dean Ambrose fan. I think um, I think what he's his comments about the company that actually made him who he is today, I think they're a bit over the line. I think you know he's gone a bit too far. Yeah, they may have treated him like a dick, but you know you don't kind of bite off the hand that feeds you. Yeah, you don't cut your nose to spite your face, do you? Exactly that. No, and um, you know he wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for his run in WWE. Is, is, you know, is my definite opinion. Um, you know, he kind of left WWE for greener pastures and ended up fighting against Big Cass and fucking Enzo Amore, for fuck's yeah. sake. Well, he's here now, main event in AEW pay-per-view. And I don't mind uh, Moxley's look, actually. He looks quite in good shape. The same with Kenny Omega. Let's see if they can deliver now. I mean, what, we've been on three hours pay-per-view as we get this started. Plus the buy and the crowd still seems into it. But this is starting both men exchanging blows in the corner. And this is, I don't know what you'd refer to as an unsanctioned match. The lights are still on, so it's not a lights out match. The lights, per se, are off in the crowd. So the crowd can't see where they're going. Ah. <laughs> the people but you can who... still see the crowd, so there is some light on the crowd. Yeah. It doesn't see, seem as if the arenas are as big as WWE pay-per-view arenas either. They've not had a lot of large crowd shots, have they, in this one? No. Uh, we've, not, we've not really seen that. Well, I still think it's, it's impressive enough, you know. Oh, it... yeah, yeah. You certainly know there's a crowd there, apart from in the Spears and uh, the Rio verse. Now, Mox on the outside. And of course, he's experienced with all sorts of hardcore. His days in CZW. And it's almost like he wants to delete his days in WWE and, and kind of start again with John Moxley. What's he looking for now? A trash can. Because that's one way to get away from the WWE banner, by bringing a trash can into the ring. Yeah, I wonder if it's made by exactly the same people. The tin foil trash can company. Yeah. Yeah, trash can to the head, and or maybe they're starting slow, and they're gonna go somewhere with it. It's Moxley now. Omega sending Moxley to the outside, avoiding any sort of impact on that trash can. Then Omega sending Moxley into the crowd, and here he comes over the top. The drop kick that was quite impressive. Now he's got the chair right in the back of Moxley, and Omega's got the beer hit Moxley in the head with it. Moxley came back with a kick to the midsection. Irish whip into a trash can. Now the trash can gets thrown at Moxley by Omega. Laying across his prone body. As Omega jumps off a barricade. Double foot stomp to the trash can that was across Ambrose or Moxley's chest. And Omega means business as he just put the hurt in on Moxley. And another can of beer crashed over the back of him. These fans in attendance probably paid about $10 for that. Omega trying to spring onto Barry K to do an exuberant move off of there, but gets pushed off by Moxley. Now Moxley throwing Omega back to ringside. Snaps suplex on the outside onto them wafer thin mats. And now what's Moxley looking for underneath the ring? He's got a baseball bat wrapped in barbed wire. 
Well, Moxley beat Joey Janela in another unsanctioned lights out style match. And now Moxley has the power. Is he going to use the bat? No. Omega gets an elbow up. Knife edge chops across the chest of Moxley. Oh, and then the barbed wire baseball bat wrapped straight across the back of Omega. Followed up with a second shot. Oh, another shot. You can see the cuts in Omega's back. Uh, he's got puncher wounds all over his back. Well, now he's got Omega's face. Oh, my God. Uh, he's got a baseball bat across the back and he's just... Fucking hell. And Moxley loving it. Moxley says he's going to take his face off. His face? <laughs> <clears throat> oh, no, he can't. Looking to put it across the face. Omega fighting with everything he's got. Wakes the eyes of Moxley. Moxley refusing to give up that baseball bat. Still got a grip on it. Oh, oh and he just scratches <laughs> down the arm of Omega. <laughs> and a trash can shot to Moxley's face. Omega's <laughs> getting ripped to pieces. And a seated pile driver on the trash can. Now Omega's got his hands on the barbed wire baseball bat that's caused his back so much damage. And just tosses it away. And what's he want underneath the ring? What's the cleaner looking for? Ah, uh, table. Well, he sets the table up, gets a barricade, and now... Uh-oh. Uh, he's got the barbed wire wrapped mop. I have never seen... Well, I have seen, we've seen it before, but before that, I've never seen a broom wrapped in barbed wire. Oh, well, Moxley coming back. Trash can to the head of Omega, and he's going to go flying. <laughs> oh. <laughs> the barbed wire wrapped mop has just rung Moxley's bell. <laughs> right at the back of the head. And you see blood just dripping down Moxley's body. Oh! Now that might be a step too far. No! He's going to use it to rake across the back of Moxley. Oh, for fuck's sake! Well, we've never seen anything like this, this level of violence already. And a return of the favour, putting a broom across the back and just stomping on it. Oh! Running up for a double foot stomp. <laughs> Well, we've not seen anything like this in a, well, A&AW. Look at Moxley. Well, Omega's got himself a baseball bat wrapped barbed wire. And the fans are just, just oh, <laughs> aghast. <laughs> barbed wire right in the face. There's nothing else you can say. Drop toeholds uh, Moxley onto the barbed wire broom. Well, both men just bleeding. I mean, Omega not as bad as the back of the head of Moxley. Well, it seems to me it's something like, you know, doing gruesome ghastly spots just for the sake of doing gruesome ghastly spots i don't know you know it's it's kind of taken away a bit from the meaning of this match i know they want to punish each other but this is just doing you know six spots slash stunt after another it's not you know what you'd seem as a, a conventional match where there's animosity between each other well moxley started well didn't he and then it's just been all omega since the bar by a broom <clears throat> Well, Omega said he could do this all day. He had the trash can, went up, moonsault right onto Moxley. I think he got more of the impact of the trash can than Moxley did. Now, Omega's looking for something, and he's got a board. Oh, my God. A board covered in mouse traps. Mouse traps. Well, could this match get any sicker? Well, Jail's never seen this in wrestling, a board of mouse traps. There's got to be at least 50 mouse traps on that board. At least 60. Moxley's just a bloody mess trying to fight back. Omega with a knee, but a clothesline by Moxley. There's Omega inside out. And this does not look good for either man. And now what's Moxley going to do? He's going to suplex Omega. 
Oh! Him inside out, and Omega's constantly getting pinched by the uh, mouse traps. Holy shit! Well, I honestly don't know what to say. This is this is something I didn't even think was going to this level. It's something we haven't seen in an American professional wrestling since maybe the days of ECW. What's Moxley bringing in now? Chains, gold chains. And what the hell is Moxley gonna do now? <laughs> Oh, sidewalk slam onto the chains. And it's almost uncomfortable viewing what these two guys are doing to each other. Moxley trying to go for the pin, but Omega kicks out. Oh. Remind you that it is actually a match, and not just two guys trying to kill each other. And after a sick net breaker, Omega only gets up, gets up at one. One. I think Moxley was excited there that Omega got up so quickly. And Omega's in trouble, got the chain in his mouth. Have you ever seen anything like this? Well, I think it's just one stunt after another stunt after another stunt. It's not, you know, I don't know. It's just. I, I honestly have never <clears> seen anything so just kind of like brutal. And you know, Moxley looking to maybe choke out Omega. <laughs> just constant trash can shots. You got mouse traps, trash cans, and steel chains. Back. Well, Nuranagi plants Omega. And now, what is Moxley looking for? What more could they possibly bring out? Dynamite and a plunger. <laughs> A nice pick. He's got a nice pick in his hand. What's he going to do? Like Philip screwdriver, to be honest. He's looking to stab Omega, but Omega oh. wraps the chains around his hands, fighting back. And a backdrop sends Kelly Omega straight onto the chain. Well, Moxley had to block everything he knew, and he saw the uh, ice pick going into that top turnbuckle and staying there. And Moxley wanted to stab him, and now Moxley's choking Omega with a chain. Omega's managing to fight out. Turn it round. Snaplex. Now Omega getting to his feet. A second one, follow it up. <clears throat> Going for another one, but Moxley biting at the face of Omega. Turn it around, taking a chunk out of Omega's forehead. Omega dr- uh, ducks a lariat, but gets another snapdragon suplex. Now Omega wrapping the chain around Moxley's neck. He's going to try and choke Moxley. Well, he's hanging him over the top rope. Oh my God, this, this may be too far. Moxley may be out. Omega let him go, and does that show a little bit of uh, light into Omega? He didn't actually want to finish the job, unlike Moxie wanted to stab him. Or has Omega got other things on his mind? What's this? What's he doing? Here comes Omega! <laughs> Flying over the top rope, takes out Moxley and the table. Oh, fair play to Omega for getting That was actually quite a leap, and taking Moxley out as well. And what's Omega looking for underneath the ring? They should have really told Moxley and Omega stuff was. They've spent more time outside looking for stuff and actually using stuff. But now he's got a bag. Thumbtacks. Well, could it be? It's not going to be good for Moxley or Omega. And it... Glass. Oh, my God. Glass. We've not seen glass. And it's from the table that Moxley wrote Omega on. And now he's trying to stab Moxley in the face. Oh, my God. It's cut between his hands. That is sick. That is fucked up, man. Omega showed him his business. Oh, but that was smashed. And all that glass now gets smashed up in a bag. Oh, my fucking God. No. Not in mainstream wrestling pay-per-view. We've never seen glass. And maybe it's just stay W. Moxley coming back. Oh! Well, <laughs> oh, Moxley getting spine-busted into it. Referee counting. Oh. Finally a two count. Two! Oh, my God. There's glass in Omega. There's glass in that Moxley. Oh, my God. And now he's just dragging Moxley through the glass. <laughs> that is awesome. Come on. That is good. And as turns him round, sharpshooter. 
have to crawl through broken glass to try and escape. <laughs> this is just sick. Moxley using the ropes to get out. Oh, my word. Now, Omega picking up shards of glass. Well, the fans shot this is awesome. This is... Gruesome. This is gruesome. I touch it and they're going to do some more. Well, Omega's got glass in his hands. No. No. He's got a mouth of... And he's putting him in the mouth of Moxley. Oh! Snap suplex into the gra- glass. Omega building up some momentum. The second V-trigger to the face. And Moxley spitting out glass. And it's Moxley trying to get out of harm's way. And now Omega chasing down Moxley. When this fills up the end, as Omega chasing down John Moxley. And, oh, he's got a ice pick. That screwdriver, and he's just putting it into the head of Moxley. Jabbing the forehead of Moxley. Omega asking to bring something. And the young bucks say, no, 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 no. Paige is out here as well, trying to reason with him. And Omega saying this means more to him than anything. Matt Jackson better do it. And this is giving Moxley time to recover, though. As Kenny's been speaking to the elite. Oh, my fuck. Wow, they're bringing out a uh, A a barbed wire spider web, as the uh, announcers call it. A trampoline of barbed wire, basically. Feel sorry for the poor fucker that's going to have to go through that. Well, Moxley's in serious trouble, and the young bucks and Paige watching on. Oh, my God. The one-wing angel finish off Moxley. This is going to be the end. Well, look for the V-trigger, but blocked by Moxley. Going for the pad No, he's going for the suplex. Oh! Oh, my God. Oh, that's it. Referee needs to stop it. Stop the damn match. Well, it's not a match to be stopped. It's lights out. Oh! And a bar wire just split into that. That's human skin. Oh, my God. Well, we've got trainers, referees, EMTs down. And they're trying to help them out of it. And there's barbed wire in the hair, skin. Even the people trying to help them out of it have got barbed wire all over them. Well, this is unbelievable stuff. Moxley's still tangled up in it. Even the elite have got worried looks on their face. And Moxley finally out of it. (laughs) (laughs) Moxley just punching a trainer, EMT. Referee down now. And now he's got Omega. Omega's fighting out of Moxley's grip, though. There's a bit of ducting, smashing it over the head of Moxley. And now here comes Omega made look for V-Trigger. Oh! Sends both men through that light box. <laughs> both men come flying through. Well, how is this match going to end without one of them killing each other? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> okay, hell. And all the gears fell off as well. I like that. And Omega might be down. And Omega now one last push to get out to try and carry on this fight with Moxley. Omega pursuing Moxley through the crowd. Right in front of all the AEW fans, fighting their way back to the ringside area. Oh my god, now they're going back in with the chains and the barbed wire. And the glass. And the glass and the mouse traps and the bit of table that Omega's got now. Oh no, wait a minute! Paradigm oh! shift onto glass. One, two. No! Omega somehow managing to kick out. Uh, even the referee's fucked. The <laughs> referee's got have glass in his hands. And what the hell could he do next? <laughs> the AEW banner. Uh, Moxley's got himself a knife. He's rearranging the, uh, cutting off the ring apron. Well, there'll be no matches after this one, that's for sure. He's got a knife in his hand. Yeah, he's not going to use it as a weapon. He's going to use it to, uh... 
cut the ring down. Take the mat covering off. Well, then he's stabbing with a fucking box cutter. Well, he stabbed at him earlier, didn't he? And now he can't be bothered now. <laughs> he stands on the mousetraps. We go moving the uh, ring apron now. And the padding that we've got. And he's exposing the wood underneath the ring. you got the pine uh, boards there of the ring. And he's looking to finish off Omega. He's going to try and pole drive. No, Omega turns it into a backdrop. And a V-trigger to the back of the head of Moxley. Picks him up. One winged angel. No. Turns it around looking for the paradigm shift. Omega gets a paradigm shift on Moxley. One, two, no. no. Just can't put it the other way. This this match might go on forever. And this is unbelievable. What started off as kind of garbage wrestling has turned into a great encounter between the two. And Omega going to go all the way up and try and put Moxley away. Or reposition in Moxley. Here comes Omega. Oh! Phoenix Splash! Misses right on the balls of the ring. I think he headbutted the boards as well. Ah, <laughs> <coughs> uh, goes for the cover. One, two. two. No. Oh my god! We can see where the blood next to his eye. Where he hit the board, and he's looking to finish things now. Oh my god! A very elevated paradigm shift. One, two, three, and John Moxley wins an absolute war. <laughs> the referee hurt his hand. <laughs> Counting on the balls. <laughs> John Moxley wins an epic encounter. It's like that we've not seen professional wrestling in a long, long time. Dan, what are your thoughts on that match? Um, don't get me wrong. I don't want to take away from the match, but it was stunt after stunt after stunt after stunt. It kind of took away from the whole general consensus of the match if it's just stunt, 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 stunt. Um, you know, again, it was... A very good match. Um, but it kind of... I feel it weakens each competitor as well. You know, even though they hit him with their best and a lot more, it still didn't put the other one down. Yeah. I thought it was awesome. I love this kind of stuff. Like, I know some people don't like kind of hardcore wrestling or this kind of... Uh, this, this wrestling, but I've been watching some of the, the stuff and you know, let's not forget Moxie came from backyard wrestling. This completely rejuvenates the character of, of what we expect now. From John Box, um, John Moxley, you know, he, he said he's tough, and and this was everything that it was going to be. It wasn't just a cut. Yeah, we saw a couple of trash cans, but you know, barbed wire involved in the, the chains and the glass. It's it, it's amazing, and, and to see it mainstream, I hope we don't see a match like this for a long time because otherwise it will take away from it. But it's insane that AEW can definitely offer over uh, WWE, and you know, I think the pay per view's been cracking as well. Uh, so should we go back and have a look through the card then, Dan? Uh, I'm gonna anyway. So let's do it. No. So, so we start off with Britt Baker versus B Priestley. Well, I don't think it was a bad start. It, um, you know, it, it was a bit shaky as it started, but both women actually certainly improved as the match went on and carried on. Without a doubt, uh, I thought it was a really, really good match. I got three and a half out of five. Uh, I gave that three and a half out of five as well. Yeah. Then we started off the paper proper with Young Bucks versus Santana and Ortiz. Uh, it didn't explode into anything great, but it was still a really good tag team match. There's no doubt about the talent involved. Uh, I thought it was questionable refing and selling, but it was a good match overall. Yeah, I thought the, the knee injury was sold quite well in the end by by old Nick. Uh, I gave that three and three quarters out of five. Uh, I gave that three and three quarters. <laughs> uh, and then Pack versus Page. Um, Pack versus Page again. It was a good back and forth. It was a good chemistry between the two, 
Pac looks very fucking good. I think he kind of carried the whole match. I gave that a three and a quarter. I gave that four out of five. I thought it was a great match between these three two. Three and three quarters, sorry. Great match between these two young men. Uh, and then Pac shows that it was about Paige getting a much-needed victory as well. Uh, then we had Joey Janela versus Spears. The worst match of the pay-per-view, I would say. They kind of really let down with the crowd uh, and not great action between the two either. Yeah, uh, I agree with that. It was meh. It was boring and it was just a filler, quite pointless, two and a half. I gave that a two and three quarters out of five because I was feeling generous. Uh, then we had the Lucha Bros versus SCU versus Private Party. Um, I feel it was spot, 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 spot. There was some good moments in it and some good chemistry between the three teams, but I just think it's far too spotty and it's like, you know, hitting a spot, waiting for a spot, hitting a spot, and it's it kind of takes away from the whole flow of the match. Yeah, and, of course, Christopher Daniels making a surprise appearance. At the end, I really like the action between these three. The tag team division AEW is so strong, and uh, I would like to see Lucha Bros versus SCU uh, match down the road. I gave that a four out of five. Uh, I gave that a four out of five as well. Uh, and then we had Rio versus Sakura for the women's championship. Um, this was an absolute gem of a match. Uh, I'm very pissed off that the crowd wasn't into it. It was a flawless performance between the two women. Um, and they put it's like you know classic David versus Goliath, and I absolutely love the show of respect after the match as well. Yeah, that no, is a great match. I gave it a four and a quarter out of five. Uh, yeah, I agree with that. I gave it four and a quarter as well. Uh, not really much I can add to that. And then the AEW Championship YTJ versus Cody. I thought it was a great story told really between these two. Cody getting busted open early, uh, and Jericho kind of being a kind of confident champ until Cody came back into it. And then MGF throwing in a towel and then becoming another great heel. And I mean, if that's one of the problems they got, it's not a bad problem, I suppose. Uh, Cody coming up short, but again, the redemption storyline is there for him. I go about four and a half out of five. Um, well, I think it was the most WWE match I've seen in AEW. It wasn't terrible, but I think the dive to the outside, it hampered the flow of the match. And I think it took away from what it could have been. I gave it a four out of five. Four out of five. And then the main event, uh, Moxley versus Omega. Um, I think it was. Uh, it's very different from what we've seen and what the normal is in wrestling. But I feel it was too far and there was too many stunts. Too many stunty moments. You know, it was glass. There was mouse traps. There was baseball bat bar yeah. wire. There was going through the outside. There was that fucking spider's web of yeah. fucking uh, barbed wire. It was... Too much for the shock factor. I think, you know, just one or two or maybe three of them things with a good bit of wrestling in between it probably would have improved the match along with the finish. What did um, you give that a five? I gave that a four and a quarter out of five. Four and a quarter. I gave that a four and three quarters. It was, uh, that's what I liked about it. It's banging, man. They, when's the last time you watched a match and you were genuinely uh, worried about the person's safety? Like, with Moxie dragging himself through broken glass to get to that bottom row. I mean, it just shows a whole new character. The barbed wire stunts were great. Well, I was expecting kind of old trash can announce table, bro. And this is saying completely completely different so uh, that for me that's my match of the night um, my, Mio, my match of the night was Rio versus Sakura I think it was the best wrestling on the whole card uh, rating out of 10 what was your overall thoughts before I, I do mine um, again on the whole I thought it was a very very strong card um, you know a lot of matches aside from one wasn't falling below a good a very good score um, I feel, you know, especially with the last two matches, it was far too much. Like, you know, the dive over the top, I know it wasn't intended to have kind of like the uh, the result it did, but it kind of slowed the match and that's um, 
and that fucked up. And the last match, I think it was too much stunts. The tag team triple threat match was spot, spot, spot. I think that, again, was uh, a bit too much, and it takes away from the actual wrestling quality. And on that basis, I'm going to give it an eight and one quarter. Eight and one quarter out of ten. Hey, that's not bad. Uh, I thought it was great. I should say predictions, actually, before we go. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I don't know you hate when I do this. Uh, final scores, uh, you got five out of eight. I got eight of eight, so that means not only do I get a bonus point for winning, but a bonus point for getting a perfect score as well. Wow, that's a great job. I love AEW. And that's why I'm giving this... A 9 out of 10 as well. It is on the level to a takeover. Maybe better in some parts because of staff studied because of the star feeling. The Cody Rhodes versus Jericho match had a big match feel to it, which I really, really enjoyed. The tag team match delivered in effort they could. Uh, and then the main event was something completely different. My only letdown as such was the kind of uh, the women's champion. Uh, ma- the match was good. But I'd want to see him do more for women's wrestling. I want to do something a little bit different. But as a pay for you, for the first time ever, I thoroughly enjoyed AEW. It went by quite fast. It was fun. There was no talky bits in between. There was no kind of. In- there was one bit with uh, Kip Sabian. Everything else just went straight into the wrestling, straight into the wrestling. Straight- even though it was four hours, it didn't feel that way. How can you justify giving it nine when you didn't even have a five out of five? I had a four and three quarters out of five. That's not what I said. That main event. You didn't have a five out of five. That main event. I didn't have. I only had one match that was under a three. That uh, if I was going to watch a pay per view again, watch this in its entirety, apart from the Joey Janela match. So you wouldn't watch it in its entirety then? I would. I would. I'll go. I'll go. Make myself some toast at that point. I give it a 9 out of 10. Dan, if you're going to be anti-AEW, that's fine. Anti-AEW. I'm just trying to bring you back to earth, James. (laughs) You know. It was a great pay-per-view. You can't say it wasn't an enjoyable pay-per-view. It was an enjoyable pay-per-view, yeah. but I don't think there was a standout match that warranted anything higher than an eight and a quarter, eight and a half. And that's your opinion. And, that's, you know, that's fine. So, there we go. That's it. AEW, we'll definitely do it again, Dan. I know you don't want to, but... You don't. I do want to do it again, but I just hope it can improve its trying to... You know, again, I've scored WWE pay-per-views a lot lower than I've scored this. Yeah, up to them a lot more. So, you know, I'm not mocking anything that AEW's done, but I'm just trying to bring you back down into our realms. Well, I tell you something, we'll find out what happens next weekend when TakeOver and Survivor Series have a chance to fight back. Uh, and we'll bring it to you, of course, to the live shows that we'll have live at 9pm on Saturday and Sunday with Raw, SmackDown, NXT, and, of course, the fallout from Fully Loaded. Uh, sorry, Full Gear. So, uh, until then, don't forget you can follow us on Twitter, at W Network View or at Vince McDan WWE. I'm at Jan Score Rollers. Of course, all the Google platforms send us an email to WNR Podcast at gmail.com and follow us on Instagram to WNR Podcast. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review Podcast. I do believe that's going to be changing in the very near future. Or you can come and find me and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, the WNR Podcast. Got the clips on there. Podcast got the same time on YouTube as other places like SoundCloud on your phone. We've got radio next weekend. We call Stitcher Radio and iTunes where you can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. So it's been enjoyable, AW, and we will do it again starting the new year. Then, yeah, absolutely, yeah. All right, cool. So as long as we know that, that's fine. So that was AEW for the very first time, and like I say, next weekend our live. 
weekend. But till then, I've been James Rowlands, and as always, I was joined by Dan White. Thanks for listening, everybody, and bye. Bye.